We are brought to you by Boss Bears Supplements. That's Boss Bears Supplements at bossbears.co. Hard work, consistency, and determination are difficult to sustain when your mind and body can't keep up. Fuel your body with what it needs to perform like a boss. Whether you're closing deals, pitching a new business idea, or training in the gym, Boss Bears take your hustle to the next level. Our ingredients are the highest quality with potency and serving sizes that are the gold standard in the industry. Check out all of Boss Bears products at bossbears.co. They have apple cider vinegar gummies. They have ashwagandha. They have all kinds of supplements in delicious gummy form. They also have them in pill form if you don't want the gummies. I prefer the gummies. They are delicious, and I've tried the apple cider vinegar. They are very good. Uh, use code Nikki at checkout to save 10%. That's bossbears.co, code Nikki. We are brought to you by Clout Power Supplements. Uh, that's K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Uh, so here I have the uh, protein, the cravings protein from Clout. Uh, this one is the salted caramel. This is some of the best protein that I've ever had in my life. It's actually delicious. Um, I, I like the salted caramel and the cinnamon swirl are my two favorites. Uh, also, their pre-workouts are amazing. So they have the Karma Nootropic pre-workout. It's a nootropic and focused pre-workout. It's a lower stimulant formula, zero itch formula. It has four trademark ingredients and it's fully has fully dosed ingredients. Uh, so far, I, the Arctic Cherry is probably my favorite of the Karma pre-workout. Also, try the Nero Aminos from them. And also the High Stimulant Mamba is some of my favorite too. And I really like the Arctic Cherry of that one. So go to cloutpower.com and use code Nikki to save 15%. K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Code Nikki to save 15%. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nikki Free Podcast. We are here with Zachary Nathaniel Hall, our boy, the power lifter. Uh, Zach, what is up, dude? Not much. I am blessed to be here. It's a wonderful sunny day, and I'm excited to ch- catch up with my friend, Nikki Free. Hell yeah. It is a nice day, dude. It right. is. A lot of stuff to catch up on, too. Yeah. I, I feel like when we sit down for this, it's like seeing an old friend after a couple months, and it's just like, what, what have you been up to, man? Like, it is, What's going dude. on? Tell me about the family kind of thing. <laughs> well, that's what it's like. Yeah, basically. Um, I like mm-hmm. having these kind of repeat guests. You know, we got like this family of people now that are mm-hmm. kind of part of the Nikki Free podcast, and so you're definitely one of them. Hell yeah. Um, so what's been new with you, man? It's been a lot, man. Um, when was the last time we spoke, just so I have a, a reference? I think it's been a few Probably months. Probably a couple months, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So between now and then, I uh, had been planning to do a competition next weekend that I, I decided not to do. Um, having some nagging shoulder injury, I'm in PT4. Mm. Um, so that's a big thing that's changed. This was um, a powerlifting comp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm signed up for uh, Sam Deason's meet, actually, at the end of July. That's so dope. Because should be good for that. Really cool that Sam is uh, mm-hmm. doing putting those on himself. He's, He's going to do a great job. 
Dude, he's excited about that yeah. shit. Yeah, he's another he's another dude. I, I fucking I love having mm-hmm. Sam on here. I watched a lot. I had pretty much the entire cast that you did with him. Yeah, me week. and him, we kind of nerd out with like re- pro wrestling. Oh, you talked about that. wrestling for like yeah. five minutes. <laughs> I know, and I'll admit, I clicked net, like fast forward. Like, a little bit. Right, I don't know guys, what you're talking about. We don't know what the fuck. <laughs> well, Sam gets into it. He starts being like a fucking. Uh, he's like a booker. Yeah. You know, like he starts like putting the show together and shit. Like mm. this is what I think should happen. They should do this and then yeah. this and. I don't know, but he, you can tell he has a passion for it. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, loves too. it. Yeah. I didn't know that there was so much to it and such a, the storytelling, the drama mm-hmm. aspect is pretty, pretty interesting to me. It really is. It's kind of like a weird, you know, it's like an art form in the sense of um, the matches are an art form, like the physicality, mm-hmm. but then the storytelling is kind of an art form too. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you tell long form stories over weekly episodic yeah. television that keeps people watching and yeah. interested in like emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. Like I hate this guy because he turned his back on, the, you know, like yeah. that's a whole art form in itself, dude. It and is. it's probably kind of a lost one, you know? Like, yeah. I agree. People don't really see it for what it is on the outside. Cause I think they got to You got to plan it in like long, yeah, really long term. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so since then, school started, so I'm back in school again. That's yes. going good. And you're going to school for what? Tell everybody uh, again. I'm they doing pro- my undergrad to transfer to do physics as my major. Yeah, because so you're a big physics I'm guy. I'm knocking out some of my math classes. I'm in calculus two, which is integral mm. calculus. It's pretty fun. Um, Dude, math is everything. Math is every, math is every conversation you have. It's every you know, thing that you do. I would love to see a movie where they can break down like a really complex equation of human behavior and be like, this is what Nikki's going to do if we do this at this time. And like, we know. That's yeah, because uh, that's kind of that, that idea of like free will or no, no free yeah, will. Do I mean, we really have it? We don't we know. don't. Maybe we don't. I mean, you can, you can predict animals' behavior is pretty good. We're just more complex versions of that. So 100%. maybe someday we'll be able to really log it down and be like, you are just following an algorithm kind of thing. Yeah, so like the wild. weird thing is like, do you ever... Being into like science, mm-hmm. physics, you're, you're like really deep in kind of stuff like that. You're a deep thinker. So like when mm-hmm. me and you get on here, sometimes we tend to, um, you know, go off on these tangents and stuff, mm-hmm. which to me, I think is fa- fascinating. Yeah. I'll listen to it all day. But um, do you ever feel like as human beings, it's kind of like, and I think it's a natural progression for us to, you know, learn more, become better, mm-hmm. gain more knowledge. Obviously, we've done it over years. Yep. But I always wonder sometimes, do you feel like you kind of like, the more we know, sometimes you lose some of the magic of just life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So like if we got to a point where you could literally mathematically predict every single thing that Mm -hmm. was going to happen, you know, and well, there's probably multiple versions of what could happen with, you know, like all these different, infinite, infinite. infinite. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes I feel like um, the more knowledge you get, sometimes it kind of, well, going back to pro wrestling, I remember that when I... I loved that I learned how to do it and everything, but there definitely was a magic loss from being the fan mm-hmm. watching it to learning on the inside yeah. of how to actually do it's it. It's happened to me with powerlifting in particular. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that. Ignorance is bliss, they say. Yeah. And the but but I'd rather be in the know. Yeah. You know, but, but you definitely lose this kind of innocence, I think. Yeah, it misses that innocence for sure. And yeah. uh, I think that, that, that that's, that's fair. Um, it's definitely an interesting part of uh, gaining knowledge for sure, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after that, you know, school started. Um, I uh, haven't been so 
good on practicing. Uh, last time we spoke, I've been practicing in time slots about things. Um, you said that a little bit of this, a this, little bit of that. Um, I've been kind of slacking a little bit. I've honestly had like a bit of a rough patch over the last few months. Um, I think I'm on my way out of the trenches, luckily. But well, it's been it's been a rough few months for me. This year's been pretty tough. Those. Uh, can be positive things too. I think that they all have some positivities. There's, there's a reason for everything they say. Um, right. So I believe that, and every hardship that you go through is just strengthening your character, even if it's 100%. just one hundred percent. You know, going getting going through traffic and being angry and resisting that urge that's strengthening your character. You yeah. Know? So every time you don't give in to like the demon or whatever, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't give into that ego. Of I want to yell and flip this person off, but I'm not you know, gonna this time. Like, I did. I flipped somebody off yesterday. I'll admit, dude, it happens. I, I mean, did. It, I did it the other day on my on the freaking way to. Um, <laughs> I think the competition, mm-hmm. somebody was like, I'm like, what you fucking, they were in the wrong. I'm like, fuck you. They probably think you're in the wrong. And they think, <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you think you're in the wrong. They think you're in uh, the wrong. Nobody's actually right. Well, speaking of the show, tell me about how it went. Your, your chest is looking big through this fucking. Oh, right dude. Here. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if they can see it on live right here. Well, after you it's busting out, of it's kind of weird because, you know, now I'm back on <laughs> calories. Uh, like I was telling you after you get that, that we're, you know, before the show, so I, I competed in the men's physique. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I did the novice class, like masters, thirty-five and up, mm-hmm. and the open. And uh, in the uh, true novice, I got like fifth place. So that means I did beat somebody. But you know, obviously, like my mm-hmm. first show, I did, I was you know pretty much last in everything, yeah. which is pretty normal, I think, mm-hmm. for a lot of people's first show. But I was still pretty happy with what I was able to do. And then I was kind of like I was talking to Kyle today at the gym, and I was like, the cool thing is like you actually surprise yourself at what you are capable of. Mm. And then you also realize that you're capable of much more than that. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know. It was, uh, like I said, I, now that I'm on calories, I'm kind of like, you feel like you missed that look from when you were like starving. Cause mm. you just look so shredded yeah. and you look so cool. And it's like, I'll never, you know, like you just can't maintain that all the time. No, you can't, you won't gain anything that way. Certainly. You no. Know, Cause you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, obviously, I'm gonna get to kind of like do that again because I'm I'm doing another show in eight weeks. So basically, mm-hmm. this is the shitty thing I learned, and I think everybody learns this after their first show, dude. Like, what happens is you just eat fucking everything, yeah. and I'm saying like way too much sugar. So like, <laughs> my goal next time is like you're not gonna you're not gonna not have sugar after the show, yeah. It's going to be there. You're going to want it. Your body's craving it because you've been depleted for so long. Um, But my goal for the next show is to not have anything in the house Mm. that's sugar. You think you rebounded pretty hard? Well, yeah, because I I had all kinds of stuff at the house to eat, like like fun stuff, like cookies. And like, Mm. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll have some of these after the show. Well, you just can't stop eating them. No. So I'm like, I'm never doing yeah. that again. I'll, I'll eat cookies and stuff or I'll go out for ice cream, but I want nothing in my house. I made that mistake cutting weight for a competition once where I was cutting, I think it was 20 pounds of water the week of. I was like yeah. making the 181 class from 200 pounds. And I had bought like all of my like rehydration drinks and put them in the fridge. Yeah. And I got high as hell in the middle of the night, night before weigh-ins. And, um, you know, I'd go to the fridge, you know, get a little sip of some soda, just a little yeah. sip. And then by the time I woke up, I drank like half of a two liter and I woke <sighs> up like five five pounds up from what I was. Yeah, dude. So I had to get up and go hit the sauna and like, I bombed out of that meat the next day. I was so fucking sick. (laughs) Well, the thing that makes you mad, it's like you're literally in the best shape ever. And then now you got this next show coming up. And Mm. if you would have just chilled on the eating, 
which I was I didn't do too bad, but like the day that I could eat, I ate so much. I was like sick mm. from sugar, you know, and I'm like it's like, man, I could have like maintained that physique and then mm. started going into a reverse you yeah. know, and that's what I'm basically doing. But I just guess I wish I would have went a little easier. Yeah, you kickstarted that reverse um, pretty hard. Yeah, I just filled out <laughs> way too much and I just ate way too much shit. And you just, uh, it's not, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And the weird thing is, like, when you get down before the show, you get to a point where you're literally on no carbs. Mm-hmm. And you're eating basically only whole foods because we cut salt. We cut any kind of, like, unnatural processed stuff. So you're down to basically... Protein, vegetables, almonds, mm-hmm. and like that's it. Yeah, you know, and and there's a weird thing of like how clean your body feels. Yeah, and you know, and then you just eat all that shit, and it's like, why did you I do feel that? Greasy and gross. You know, and then you got to put up. you got to put the fucking the obligatory fucking like I still have abs after I ate a ton of sugar. Yeah. You know, you put that post up Until on Instagram. Tomorrow. Like everybody <laughs> does. But then a few days later it's like, oh shit. Uh-huh. Like actually no, it just hadn't the sugar hadn't kicked in yet. Yeah. Now I'm like, man, I really need to stick to my meal plan mm-hmm. hard for the next eight weeks, which I'm yeah. going to. Why'd you decide to do another one? Well, because I'm already like there. Mm-hmm. So you already did all that work and you're so close. So it's like you fine tune the look and I think you I can do better mm-hmm. at the next one because I'm at a better starting point eight weeks out than yeah. I was at this show mm-hmm. you know because like I for this show I kind of had like you know obviously like we're moved into the garage here and so I had to like move and all mm-hmm. this stuff so I had a bunch of weird shit kind of happen that threw off my focus a little bit mm-hmm. but now I'm in a very settled place so I can really focus for these yeah. next eight weeks I'm like good why not, dude? So do one more show, and then uh, mm-hmm. we'll start a bulking phase. Yeah. Get yeah. back to the grind. Start the process. Start all it over, over dude. Like an off-season. Yeah. yeah. So You said we're in the garage for the viewers listening. I showed up to Nick's place, and he didn't tell me that they gutted the entire house in a remodeling. And so <laughs> yeah. I walk in He's thinking like, that There's nothing here. There's literally nothing. There's not even plumbing. Like, they ripped out the toilets. Oh, everything. The, it, there's not even walls. It looks like a freshly built house. And I'm walking around saying, like... It is, dude. So the people <laughs> the people who are moving in, they didn't. They wanted nothing to do with the old... You yeah. know, it was such an old... Like, it hadn't been renovated since the 90s. Mm. So they gutted the whole thing, and it looks very nice in there now. It's I thought kinda, I was hallucinating. But you're like, Zach, Zach pulls up to the place, and he's like, is this the same? Am I even in the right yeah. place? Like, I questioned my entire like history. I'm like, was I re- in the same house with him before? And I was yeah. walking around the rooms like trying to rem- remember where everything was to see if I'm even in the right home. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, upstairs where the podcast was, now we're out in the garage for now until uh, uh, eventually it'll move next door. But uh, It looks the same on the screen here, like we're in the same area, so... <laughs> Once my chocolate starts, shout out to the Sonic Bars. Yes. Yeah, big shout out to Sonic Bars. I listened to uh, the cast you did with Matt as well. Yeah, that was um, a great, really well spoken guy. It was. I'd love to hear people talk about that kind of thing. Um, right, think, and, in, and in such a way that, like, not just talking about it as like this is a fun thing to do, but yeah. talking about it as like, you know, I was on antidepressants mm-hmm. and it probably saved my life. Yeah, but I didn't like the feeling on antidepressants, and mm-hmm. I I was drinking too much. I start using the psilocybin, mm-hmm. and you know eventually my cravings to drink completely go away. Yeah, and then you know I'm I'm completely off of uh, you know depression medication. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's what a, a cool awesome story, you know, man. and just like the idea of like psilocybin being able to kind of get to that root cause right yeah it opens things up it opens up doorways and thoughts that you didn't have before 
to really attack things from a, a fresh perspective. It was great for me for that because I have PTSD and OCD. Um, yes. And um, when I started taking them, and even now, like, I'll find myself you know, feeling those emotions and those feelings from when I was a child and like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll cry. It'll make me feel very emotional. And right. sometimes it's, it's very difficult you know, on occasion to, to handle, but I well, think it's like it's a better. cycle, right? Yeah. It, it's a, it's like, so you know, I always kind of like look at it as like, it's like the old, like you trying to pull you back, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you, you've, you've created this better version of you, this stronger mm-hmm. version of you, right? This like, uh, you know, because you're fighting against all these things, mm. but then every once in a while, those old behaviors or patterns will kind yeah. of creep back in and mm. try to fuck you over. Yeah, and those old feelings. It feels weird to feel like that emotion you felt when you were like 14, like the same way you felt it. Yeah. Or you listen to a song that you listened to back then, and it kind of take like, you back. You're like, oh my god, I feel like I'm a kid again, and, and then I realize that I'm not helpless anymore, and that I can handle shit now. Right, right. You realize <laughs> like I'm in charge. No one's coming to save yeah, me. Yeah, like, I don't me. need to feel that way anymore. It's gone, and I feel kind of like when I'm microdosing and I have those experiences. Like I can send a, a, a wave message back in time to young Zach and tell him that it's like things turned out okay, man. It's like, okay. I feel man. like I'm bonding with young Zach during those moments and letting him oh, know yeah. that things work out. And I think it it makes me feel better now. So I guess. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. It's like it's realizing that. Um, you almost have to tell that younger version of you that like I got this. Like I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're the you now. The strong you is like, hey, don't don't freak out, you mm-hmm. know, because like I'm in charge now. We we got this. Yeah, we figured it out. You like almost become your own comfort, mm-hmm. uh, or like your own parent figure. Yeah. you know, like whatever yeah. whatever you were lacking, instead of like looking for mm-hmm. it somewhere else, you kind of become it yourself. That's a good way to put it. That's very. That's, very that's how I think of it. It's that is like very beautiful. Well said, man. You know, it's, it's like be the thing you're looking for. Yeah, for yourself. And it's you funny know? you say that because that's kind of what I think I've done. Right, right. Try to be for other people what you know I wanted or was missing growing up, um, and that kind of goes into your coaching, right? Like I think so, and that's the reason why I, I could started coaching in general is to try to save people from what I was saved. You know, lifting saved me from that as a result because I built character and discipline through lifting that saved me from feeling that way. So I can offer that to other people now. Um, oh yeah, it's kind of you know mental health through a, through a discipline and, um, lifting weights is a very straightforward metaphor towards discipline. You're just picking up a heavier object than before, but you can be disciplined doing anything that is resisting a stress response. So running is discipline, you know, doing dishes is discipline. Uh, lifting is just a really easy analogy to teach people that, uh, but everybody needs some practice of discipline in their life, uh, in some form right. to be happy. So, so for me, discipline is when I am at my best and mm-hmm. the happiest. Yeah. And so I will tell you, that's what's weird about uh, doing that show. Like you were asking about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird because you, you take your this discipline to like a level you never thought possible. Mm-hmm. And like I said, then you realize, actually, I could even be better at yeah. the next one. But the weird thing is, so like... The, that's that's the problem with after the show, you know, you give yourself that break to like, like I said, eat what you want or do what you like. It's a weird thing. Like now I'm finding that this week I'm having to put back the discipline back in place mm-hmm. because I would not be happy living the way that I have for these few yeah. days. Of the- it's kind of like it's spoiled that for you. So what happens yeah. is like, because you took your discipline to this extreme huh. level for the show it's almost like you give in mm-hmm. to like this hedonistic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like after the show, you give in to all these hedonistic things. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden you just want to like eat whatever the fuck you want, mm-hmm. do whatever you want, nap whenever you want, like fuck whenever you want to mm-hmm. fuck. Like 
you know, it's like you just like give it and it's like you realize like if you live the hedonistic for me personally, anyway, if the more hedonistic life I live, the mm. less happy I am. Yeah. And so it's like, so you give yourself this little break. Cause I think you do need the break Yeah, it's after a show like that, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's why people are like, you got to give it just that day after whatever to eat what you want and then kind of just get right back on your plan because yeah. it's like, it's too much of a slippery slope into that hedonistic, like yeah, it is. do whatever I want phase, yeah. you know? So like then you're, you're finding you have to put back the, uh, mm-hmm. put the discipline back intact mm-hmm. and get your schedule back going. So that's yeah. what this, that's what this week's been for me. You know, like it seems like I interpret what you're saying. Kind of like you said that being disciplined and seeing what you're capable of has, uh, you, you can't really enjoy those hedonistic things anymore. You kind of, you're enlightened now and you can't, there's no going back. You know, you realize now that you won't be happy living that no, way. No, it's not, it doesn't make you happy. It's just dude. thinking of that with our ignorance is bliss uh, idea before. Now that you know what you're capable of, you won't accept anything less. Um, no, that's you know. the problem. Like you really, you really can't go back to mm-hmm. When you know what you're capable of, you'll never be happy unless you're living up to your standards. Yeah. It's weird. And some people just would rather, most people would rather not know what they're capable of. It's easier that way, I think. Ignorance yeah. is bliss in that regard. Too. Yeah, they don't want to take themselves there. Like, they don't yeah. want to know. They and I mean, and even, you know, us being super disciplined, there's people way more disciplined than us. Like, yeah, I, I fuck around all the time. There's those, like, uh, <laughs> those David Goggins type of dudes. Oh, you know, they're just, like, on a fucking another oh level. God. Like, Cameron Haynes and, like, mm-hmm. these dudes are fucking crazy, you know. But the, I think we need people like that to look up to yeah, show us what's possible show us what's possible it shows us a path and then you know it's like oh so this could be done so like you know even in my life i just if i can just be a little bit like that i'll I'll be happier it's a fraction yeah it's a fraction of goggins you could be a pro bodybuilder (laughs) oh my god just a fraction yeah because that guy's insane literally insane like yeah he's always something wrong with him (laughs) yeah he's always like like he like there was somewhere they were saying he like he tapes um, himself reading like negative comments. Hmm. So like, so like, you know, most people like, you know, you put stuff online, like don't ever read the comment section. Like, yeah. cause you know, I'll put the podcast out. It's, I'd say it's like, you know, 90% positive feedback. And then once in a while you get somebody like, you should kill yourself. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you shouldn't podcast and you should kill yourself. You're boring. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Fuck off. You know, or they'll cut, they'll comment on some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are always like, you know, anybody that's putting things out into the, um, into the, uh, online universe, like don't read the comments. Cause yeah. there's always just trolls out there. There's haters. They're projecting their own hate onto you. So yeah. like, it usually has nothing to do with you. Um, but like, so David Goggins is so fucking crazy. He like looks up, he like finds mm-hmm. all the negative comments of his haters and he like takes like a, a recorder and he records himself reading the negative comments and he makes like a long fucking list of just like all the shitty things people say about him and he like listens to it while he runs he's thickening that skin out yeah he's man. just like yeah so it's That's like he's tough. like torturing like he's like not going to let it bother him like That's tough. i'm going to listen to my haters in my ear while just to i'm fucking running yeah you. just to practice being like i don't give a fuck what you think wow. you know like Dude, that's like a whole nother level of fucking, mm. that dude's wild, bro. Yeah, that's just mental instability. <laughs> I respect it. I mean, the guy is kind of mentally unstable, but you, you have to be. You got to say, like, nobody, he's a tough motherfucker. Yeah, I think to be that disciplined, you have to be some sort of unstable, unnormal, weird, or whatever you want to I would call say it. definitely, um, yes. Yeah. Many people pers- would say what he does is not healthy. Yeah. 
but he's happy. And but I think he's battling demons, dude, and he's. I think he's an inspiration to everybody. I agree. You know? He is. He is fighting those demons, and he is winning. <laughs> yeah, you know what's weird? So, since I didn't do the podcast for so long, I'm like, my voice is fucking like. I feel oh. like it's gone, dude. I'm like, I haven't I done this in a beautiful. Minute. I sound so like beautiful. a mixture between Fergie and Jesus. Yeah, well, Fergie. Step brothers. Oh, yeah, that's step brothers, yeah. dude. <laughs> Fucking Fergie. You've got a decent radio voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're doing that's good. That's for sure. I just feel like it's a little, like, kind of scratchy today. Mm. At least we got the zero Wash calorie. It down with some Fanta. Zero calorie soda. Coke here. Zero here. If anybody is a diet soda fan, I used to work for Coca Cola <sighs> and I tried all the company's zero calorie beverages to see what's the best. Mm-hmm. Fanta Zero, Caffeine Free Coke Zero, and Sprite Zero taste like the real fucking thing. Yeah, and that's really a bet. Does. Any of you, if you're listening, I'll call you out on it. If you buy one and you don't think it tastes like the real thing, I'll pay you. I'll pay. I'll reimburse you on behalf. Yeah, just send me you a know. message. You get all these yeah. people yeah, sending hit me messages up. on it. Just asking for yeah. They didn't even try it. Uh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, definitely delicious. <laughs> Bro, you know the other weird thing about the bodybuilding show is the spray tan. Mm-hmm. You still got Like, a, I still feel little... like I look like, like Donald Trump right now. Yeah. I'm all orange and Just shit. Jacked. <laughs> I'm all like, yeah, I'm like all orange and weird looking. Uh-huh. Um, but it's funny because, uh, you know, you, you get spray tanned the day before your show. Hmm. So let it settle into your skin. Yeah, like it settles in uh-huh. and it like works overnight. But it's weird because mm-hmm. so then the whole night... And, like, we had this whole group text, you know, the Renovation Fitness team, and it was so funny because it's, like, literally everybody's, like, texting through the night because, like, none of us could sleep. Yeah. You know, so you're covered in spray tan. You're trying not to sweat, so you got, like, the window open. Oh, and you're, like, you don't want it to run or whatever. It was hot, too. And then, you know, you have, like, the um, – you're thinking about the show, dude. I mean, you're in a super calorie deficit. You you know, you mm-hmm. – just took a bunch of like, you know, you're, you're getting the water out of your system. Yeah, probably a laxative. <laughs> Peeing a lot at night. and But, you know, I think it's like the anticipation of the show. So, mm-hmm. like, it was weird because the group, the group text was like going off all night. Like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep either. <laughs> it's like you're up every like 20 minutes. It was pretty wild, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like, but um, yeah, definitely there's no sleeping before the show. But so the, the spray tan thing's weird because then it's like, then you want to go to the show and like look your best, but it's like you haven't been able to shower. You feel all sticky, no. gross. Yeah. You can't wear any deodorant or any smell, you know, like yeah. uh, any kind of body spray God. or anything. And so it's just kind of funny because like by the end of the show, like it's like I know a lot of people go out and party. All I wanted to do was shower. Yeah, wash that off. Like so bad. God. That's all you know. Yeah, I'd be freaking out. But yeah, because I'm like a yeah, I'm like kind of one of those people. I like to shower a lot. Yeah, I shower, wash the hands, any... Yeah, yeah, and you keep... Yeah, I mean, you can wash your palms, but, like, the, even, like, your fucking hands are spray tanned mm-hmm. on the front and everything, dude. And like, I'll experience it someday. You will, for sure. And you know, you're going to be surprised when you do a bodybuilding show, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, what you're going to look like. I mean, I know you've already been practicing the posing and mm-hmm. shit. Because what, what class would you do? Um, class, weight class, or... Well, I like open bodybuilding, I think. I was going to say bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like men's physique. Cause yeah. You, yeah, yeah. I've got legs. you got so some legs, that's, yeah. That's not all so, legs. I won't win if I don't show legs. But you, <laughs> I know. So you've been practicing the posing, you know. Like, yeah. But you're going to be so surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy how lean yeah, you get. I'm You'll excited be, to see what's under there. Because even me, like, I, my goal on the next one is to get leaner than I was at this show. Mm-hmm. But even this show, I was like, I couldn't believe I got that lean. Yeah. You know, so it was like. Capable of. Yeah, it was wild. I'm very, very happy for you for going through with it. I'm proud of you. It's funny, it. too, because, like, we got this, um, there's this kind of this, like, um, I don't know how to say this in a nice way, but there was, like, this kind of, like, 
we used to work at this bar and there was like this girl she's kind of like i don't know cuckoo like (laughs) mentally i don't know what what her deal is but like i think she you know but she would always come in the bar and she's just kind of a weird weird chick but like of course i like posted like a picture of myself like final check-in before the show and Mm -hmm. it was like the leanest i was and it's like and she's just like too skinny yeah. And I'm like, you just don't get bodybuilding. Yeah, like, yes, it's fucking way too skinny, but yeah. that's the whole point. Like, yeah. like I'd have to put on so much muscle and then that's get so this. so rude of her to even say anything. Like, well, it was just really funny. Like, God. it's like clearly somebody that does not even know what she's talking about. Yeah. You know, no it's like. about the world or anything. It's like, well, yeah, it's too skinny. That's, mm. that's kind of what, I yeah, mean. That's it, the, the sport. So that's what your goal is, is to put on more muscle. So the next time you do get that lean, you look actually mm. filled out. But yeah. like. You put on, you know, and I'm a tall, lanky guy, so of course when I get that lean, I'm going to look kind of skinny. Yeah. You know, it's like this is just part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take years if I keep doing it to, like, put on more and more yeah. muscle so that when I do get that lean, I don't look so skinny, yeah. you know. But it was just funny, like, that comment. I'm just like, God, you're dumb. Yeah. Like, shut up, Becky. Yeah, that's just rude. Yeah, Becky. Shut up, Becky. Becky, you're a jerk. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, She Becky, won't see this anyway. Mean. Don't worry. I don't <laughs> She was just one of those like customers we used to have at a bar I worked at. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, yeah, I used a little to off. At, I used to work at a bar too. Those were some wild times, man. How how did you? How was your bar experience, bro? I was bouncing um, at a bar that I frequented a lot called the Oasis Pub in New London. Shout out to them. Now, how was place. bouncing um, for you? It was good. It was kind of a, a hipster indie bar, so there wasn't really any issues. I had you know, like one or two instances. I had to I had to break up two girls fighting once. Uh, that was fun. Um, Dude, that's I hilarious. Never had to really like toss anybody out. What is up with that hipster shit? So like, it's like those people are kind of less violent, aren't they? They're less violent. They're more passive. And I was a large guy, so nobody would cause yeah. problems. I would have people come in all the time, really drunk, and they'd be like. Hey man, I don't want to fight you, and I'm like, I don't either. I want to no. just, I want to like leave and get paid. <laughs> well, dude, I've had that my whole fucking life, you know, just being tall and shit. Mm. It's like uh, we were talking about that. With the you know, my neighbor is like, because I was like, you know, I don't really like attention unless it's like for something that I worked on. Mm. Like even when I go to yeah. when I work at the bar, like I wear the same thing. I wear like a black button up shirt, jeans, mm. boots, and a backwards hat, and I wear the same thing every day. I just don't want any attention. Yeah, it's like my uniform, you know. I just kind of like, um, but you know, for like doing a bodybuilding show or like when I was playing in a band or when I did wrestling, mm. like those things I like the attention for because it's something I worked at. Yeah, you know. But otherwise, in my my roommate, you know, my uh, the neighbor next door who I'm living with now. He's like, well, that's probably because you're so tall. Like, you've always gotten attention, and it mm. annoys you. I'm like, yeah, it does. Yeah, like, it's you annoying. Go, so, like, you're the same way. You're a big guy. You go in a bar. What's the first thing that happens? Yeah, like, guys like, are like, I want to fight this guy. Yeah, or they'll make it. Yeah, it's annoying. Or just a comment about, about fighting you. Yeah, yeah, it's just annoying. And the weird thing is, it's like, for, like, smaller dudes, it's like, you know, you pick a fight with a big guy, and he beats you. It's like, well, he's huge, so that's mm. your excuse. But if you beat him, it's like, I beat a big guy. So either way, it's a win for them. Yeah, for like, them, like, it was a lose-lose for me. I'm like, there's no winning for this situation. Yeah, if you me. beat him up, you're a big <laughs> fucking bully. Yeah. And if you lose, it's like, well, why'd you lose? You're yeah, so big. Yeah, you're a pussy. Yeah, you know, pussy. Like, what's it's going like, on? Yeah. You know. So it is kind of weird. Like, I'm not complaining about being a big dude. but Luckily, I'm more of a pacifist these days, so I wouldn't want any Right, peace and love, bro. Peace yeah. and love. You know? Yeah. 
That's what I think. But yeah, like what is that with hipsters? They are more like peace and love. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for peace it's and like love. It's like chocolate peanut butter stout, bro. Peace That's what and it, love. it was all stouts and IPAs. People would come in and ask for like a Bud Light and they would say, get the fuck out. <laughs> we don't care. Well, now that's like a whole other controversy with Bud Light. Jesus. Uh, yeah, they got all kinds of things going People, on. The rednecks don't like Bud Light no more. I never got into the IPAs, but they did a lot of sours and I love craft sours. Sours are actually yeah, delicious, dude. So good. we. Um, at Postdoc Brewery where I work, mm-hmm. we have a, a always have a sour on. It's called the Lab Partner, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's L A B, which actually stands for like lactose something bacillus. Like mm-hmm. it's actually like the strain of uh, bacteria that's in the sour mm-hmm. that makes the sour. But yeah, you know, so they shorten it for Lab Partner, which fits with their like school theme that they have. Because huh. Postdoc has like a school like sciencey theme is the mm-hmm. whole theme to the uh, brewery. But uh, so they do a rotating one. It's, so it's the lab partner, but the flavors will change. So it'll be like mm-hmm. raspberry. Then it'll be like black currant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be like um, blueberry. It'll be strawberry. Like currently we have mm-hmm. prickly pear. Sounds which is, good. Is, you would love Sounds the sour prickly. there, dude. So like our sour is definitely, you know, because I'm not a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. But the, the lab partner sour is fucking good, dude. If I ever drink again, Right, but you don't drink. I forgot. Almost two and a half years dry. Dude, congrats! Like, um, dry. So my my roommate right now is like ninety some days sober. Yeah, and he's not like a congrats. You know, and he didn't really have like. I wouldn't say like in, I mean, obviously, like whatever. Technically, anything over like two drinks a week is like considered an alcoholic or whatever. Uh, But I don't think he really had a problem. Problem, but. I think it was just more like he started hating how he felt, mm-hmm. you know, and because the negative effects of alcohol is like, yeah. it's pretty terrible. It's poison. You're putting poison in your it's body poison. and your, your body has to get rid it of is it. Poison is man-made poison. It's poison. I mean, it gets mm-hmm. in every cell of your body and it like, it has all these negative effects, but mm-hmm. you know, so he's like 90 some days sober and he's like, man, I feel fucking good. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You know? You start but, poisoning yourself every day. You know, and he's not like a a prudish dude. You know, he'll do some. He likes to do some stuff. Yeah, he'll know? do everything else except yeah. drink. <laughs> I'm kind of getting more into like I think everything else is cool. Yeah, right? you know, it's like I, uh, a while ago I posted online saying I was sober, and I actually had a girl who I ended up blocking. We got in an argument. She responded saying like, "But you're not sober. You smoke weed and you do mushrooms." And I'm like. Shut the fuck up! Like you're like shut the first fuck of up, all. Becky. Like why do you need to chime in and like under like undermine my accomplishment? Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I interpreted the definition of sober as from from alcohol. Um, right. You were saying I'm yeah. sober from alcohol. Yeah. You didn't mean I'm sober from every. Yeah. And, and if you want to be smart, substance. then you know nobody's sober if you're drinking caffeine and taking prescription medication. So like you know we should keep going downhill on that one. Um, but um. No, that is know. true. We're not really sober. Like. Yeah, we're putting everyone's putting it's some chemicals. Sort of chemical. There's chemicals and everything. That's what I was saying. Like when you, you know, when we're doing that show and we were doing that carb free shit, mm-hmm. it was like the weirdest feeling because you're down to no chemicals. Yeah. Because I wasn't even taking like pre workouts or anything because it had like sodium in it. And we're shit. not supposed, you know, like I yeah. looked at, I mean, maybe I was being a little over, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, like I had to talk to one of the other dudes. I'm like, yeah, I was like, I didn't take any of my pre-workout. I didn't take any of this because I thought it had sodium in it. Because, you know, we're on no sodium, too, mm-hmm. before the show. And he's like, really? I was just taking my pre-workout. I'm like, oh. See how much is in this. Like sodium? 2%. Line. That's not bad. I get all my salt from soda. <laughs> right. Kidding. I salt a lot. Well, then the weird thing is, like, 
when I, you know, now even to this day, if I'm eating and I put like salt on stuff, it tastes like horrible to mm, me. It's too much. It still hasn't like kind of come back yet, yeah. you know, because so, so like I ate my meal really bland today. I'm like, oh, that tastes so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so weird because like just right, you know, a few weeks before the show, I could put salt on everything. It tasted delicious. Yeah. And, which I do need to get that salt back in my system, mm-hmm. you know, just for like lifting and everything. Yeah, you need electrolytes. salt to survive. Yeah. So, I mean, I, well, I definitely hit up a bunch of um, Pedialyte, Gatorade mm-hmm. after the show just to. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, but. Come uh, back to life. Yeah. You got to start getting those electrolytes back up. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. But what else have you been up to then? Well, just that was kind of all consuming, dude. So like. Yeah. I was watching Ted Lasso, mm. I guess. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. I haven't. Dude. I have a hard time watching TV these days. Oh, that's right. You were kind of getting span. out of the TV thing. I watch um, whatever my partner Angelica is watching at the time. She's watching The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is a pretty funny I've show. I've heard that's really so, good, actually. It's good. It's really good. I watch that with her, you know, every day or so, an episode. Um, and then in the morning when I wake up, I put on Unsolved Mysteries, like the reruns. Oh, that's kind um, of fun to watch, yeah, dude. I love that shit. And, that's trippy. You know, it's a good one. Sometimes you'll see, like, there's a lot of episodes from the area in Washington, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I know somebody. Well, that's because you guys are, like, all a bunch of serial killers. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot up here. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that is true. There is, like, a de- definitely weird thing with that here. Yeah. Um, so not who's too much the one you had the Green River killer? The Green River right? and Ted Bundy were from here, were the most noteworthy. Okay. Area. Yeah. And uh, they were big ones. They were that big ones. That's, sure. like, uh, when I had that uh, Kim Douthit on. She's the one with the... Uh, Ghoulish Tendencies podcast. Mm-hmm. She talked a lot about that stuff and mm-hmm. like how this area produced some of the craziest serial killers. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ted Bundy, dude. Yeah, I uh, not so much into it now, but I used to be really interested in the the serial killer lore and stuff like that. Just the I extremes. Think it's of it's the fun to psyche. get into like watching those documentaries and stuff. I think so too. It can it's, suck you in, and it's it's definitely wild to see what humans are capable of on both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> I think it's like fascinating. Yeah, like it's not like. It's what is it that makes it so fascinating? I think it's like you said, it's just observing the human condition. Yeah, it's so abnormal. Because you think about yourself and you think about how like far from your mind that could possibly be. Mm -hmm. Like at least me, like I just don't ever think about Yeah. You know, and then you try to get your mind to a point where you're like, How does this person think like those steps, you know? And then you have to try to like think like a person like that. That's why I really loved those um uh, the Hannibal Lecter books and everything mm. like they, they had that character Will Graham hmm. and like his, you know, he was a detective, but his like superpower was being able to kind of like think like a serial killer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of weird because like, you know, people would like kind of give him shit about it too. Yeah. Like what, well, you know, you're a freak cause you can uh, think like these, but he wasn't a killer himself, but he was just able to put his brain in a way that he could understand where they were coming from. So mm. it was like, which was very good in his line of work because that's what you need, you know, yeah. to think like a serial killer so he could catch him. Yeah. Uh, and he was the dude that originally caught Hannibal Lecter that put him in prison mm-hmm. and set up Silence of the Land. So then mm-hmm. he's in prison. So they, I don't, for anybody that's obviously seen the movies, mm-hmm. but, which not, now they're fucking ancient, I guess. But Yeah, they are. I've been yeah. seeing a lot of times they'll be like, oh, this is the 20th anniversary of this movie. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, so it's like if you're an older fella. Oh, or I'm, turning, per- yeah, I'm turning 30 in like 10 days. Yeah, so it's oh. weird because you'll have like a reference and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I can't use that reference. Like, I forgot. Yeah. Like, nobody knows what the fuck that is. Yeah. 
It's getting tough. I keep thinking that 2007 is like three years ago, but yeah, it's not, man. Dude, I loved that era, like 2010. I always talk about that. <sighs> it's like, high school for me, man. That was terrible. Fuck really? That. Oh, dude, I loved it because that's when I was like wrestling, and uh, we had like UFC was just taking off. The dark and we're, days. We used to be like rocking them Affliction, like fucking Randy Couture shirts, Your glory and shit. days. Dude, I was out <laughs> wrestling on the weekends, rocking my Affliction gear, uh, just fucking. Being the man, baby. Being, you're still the man. Still the man now, but yeah, yeah. The Nikki Free. Well, you got to reinvent what the man is, right? Yeah, you're different than the man. Yeah, you're just a new version of the man. Yeah. But that was definitely one of my favorite periods. For you're going to say that 10 years from now, looking back at this, be like, oh, man, 100%. I did that show. I was on the podcast, you know? I did that show, my first show, different. the podcast, uh, working at Post. Uh, yep. No, you are 100% right, mm. though. You ever watch The Office? I did see some of the office. Yeah, there was just a scene where Mike Michael Scott said something along the lines of, "Why can't we realize like we're in the glory days when we're in them?" <laughs> kind of thing. It's true though. Yeah, I mean that is so so true, mm. dude. You never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I try not to ever like nostalgize past moments too much. Yeah, because I always like to think that like right now is the best. Yeah, like yeah. if you would like last week, dude, when I was doing that show, that was like the highlight of my life. Well, like, you're going to do it again and do better. And I'm going to do it again and do better. Yeah. So, like, now I got to start thinking, like, so that was the highlight of my life. But now I got to start thinking these next eight weeks are going to be the hardest I've ever worked. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be the highlight of my life. Yeah. And then whatever happens after that, that's going to be, you know, you always got to just think the next thing is the best thing. Yeah. Well, you got to be careful with that because then you're always chasing that dragon. I'm definitely. That's where you're at. I'm very, uh, yeah, guilty of that, dude. I'm a, dra- I'm a dragon chaser. I'm a dragon chaser. I'm like. The next. Let's get you to the top, baby. We'll have to cut this out. We can't have drug paraphernalia. Well, there's, I just remember that South Park episode where it's like they're playing that video game, yeah, Chase the, the Dragon. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it just keeps stabbing. You see the it. dragon on the screen. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, you're yeah. never going to get me. Oh, so funny, dude. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely. What do they call that? Like the hedonic treadmill? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like you always want to. So you get yourself to like, now I'm a millionaire. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this ain't working. I need more. Yeah. You always want more. Yeah. More. It's a dangerous personality trait, but I am a victim. I am too, dude. I can't <laughs> help it. But I feel like it's like being ambitious is what, um, I don't know, it just keeps me going. We, I was talking to, um, I was training a client today and she was talking about that, like, you know, the, the overvalue that we put on like being happy mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And, you know, she's a therapist and she's like, so mm-hmm. the, the thing about the human condition is like all the, um, you know, anger, sadness, like they're all important, Mm -hmm. but we have this weird thing where we always fixate on like, we want to be happy all the time. Hmm. And it's like, happy is just one, you know, it's just one of all the things that make you human and they're all necessary. Like anger is necessary. Sadness is necessary. So like also the idea that you're always going to be happy is kind of silly. So it's Mm -hmm. like, cause it kind of goes back to that. Like, you know, hedonistic versus discipline. Mm. So like if you're practicing discipline, like when you wake up in the morning, you're going to do everything that you need to do that you're required, whether you feel shitty, good, Mm. happy, sad. Discipline says, I just do the task. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Like today I woke up happy and I did the task. Yeah, I feel The next day I woke up sad, still did the task, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, and I feel like if you do the discipline and you just follow through with the task, I feel like your probability of being happy 
mm-hmm. is much higher yeah. than not. So I, the, if you focus too much on being happy, I feel like you're going to make yourself unhappy. Yeah, you know what the, I'm saying? Like, I always like to say it's the analogy of reaching for the remote and the couch cushion. The harder you reach for it, the further it goes away. That's true. It's a definitely it's a, a soft same touch. thing in lifting weights. Like the harder you try, it's not always a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> you got to dial back, and that's a really hard well. That's thing. like today, like when I did my leg lift, I, I went really easy, mm-hmm. and it, but it was like the first good lift I've had since the show. Way to do it since recovery. Just been burnt out for a week and a half because you you, it too you lost so much strength from doing that show. You yeah, know and your body's not conditioned because throughout that prep, your workload's probably gone down and down way and down, down, dude. And then you feel good for one day because you ate a bunch of donuts and then. Then you set yourself up to get fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. You're all carved up and you're like, let's go. And uh-huh. you overlift. And yeah. So I feel like by next week, I'll feel just normal again. Yeah. You know, but um, mm-hmm. there's definitely a recovery process, mm-hmm. recovery process from doing those shows, dude. Yeah, there is. You take, they're, they're definitely hard on people. Yeah. I mean, it's a test of discipline at its, at its root. Uh, what I really respect about bodybuilding in particular is. You know, every sport and every discipline practice is overcoming something. Um, and the biggest thing with bodybuilding is overcoming your stress response to eat. Like, and that is, is tough. It's our biggest, probably our biggest primal urge other than yeah. fucking sleep, I guess. But I think eating is probably for any, like, biological processing animal is to, is to eat. It's like your biggest, uh, you know, primal urge. So to overcome that is such a discipline-building characteristic because you're hungry all fucking day, potentially. Basically, you're um, hungry all day at the end. But the weird yeah. thing is you start, like, feeling so good about how you look. Mm-hmm. And then there's this weird thing that happens. So towards the end... It was just like this like kind of cold like reality of like there was no possibility of cheating on your diet. Yeah. Because you're like even Locked one in. even one mistake, I won't be able to do the show. It'll mm-hmm. throw everything off. Yeah. So like towards the end, I don't want to say it was easy, but it actually did get easy. Uh, yeah, being there was like, it gets easier with practice. Yeah, because 100%. there was no you just had no option of fucking up mm-hmm. now earlier in the prep i had a really hard time mm-hmm. like that's where i fucked up is like i made mistakes where i overate certain days because of like stress or whatever mm-hmm. uh like that would have been like more like 10 11 weeks out like mm-hmm. those are where i really kind of fucked up yeah. where i should have been a little bit farther which i'm still i still killed it towards the end of the prep mm-hmm. but that was the thing i learned is like the prep is a whole long thing uh, but like I said, when you get closer to the show, not cheating became so easy mm-hmm. because you knew that you had to be on that stage in a few days. And yeah. it's just like, there's just no option. I'm just, this is what I eat. There's definitely an option. Well, there is, but you just kind of take it out of your mind. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you just don't give yourself the option, I guess. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it definitely gets easier with practice. Discipline is something that the momentum keeps going. And the more you discipline yourself in any capacity, the easier it is to discipline in anything else. And Right. So you, you eat that sugar for a while. You get off of it. The longer you're off of it, the easier it is. You don't yeah. even think about and it. And the easier it is to be disciplined with things that are unrelated to that discipline. Um, so, you know, the more likely you are to go to the gym, the more likely you are to not flip somebody off on the road, you know. So like you're saying um, it, the more disciplined you are in one thing, it becomes easier yeah, why to be wouldn't disciplined. Because you? you're practicing. All discipline is is essentially practicing some sort of self-control 
Yeah, um, and I, I would argue anybody that. could argue with me. You can message me if you want on the internet. Um, I could literally chalk. I think I could describe any sort of discipline as some sort of self restraint or some sort of self control of some primal response or stress response. Um, yes, and so at its core, you know, like the urge to go to the gym, the the thing that you have to resist is the urge to stay home and rest and be sedentary because that's a survival response. Yeah, your body doesn't want you to do that. It wants it's you to like survive. Lay on the, lay on the yeah. couch. Um, and uh, you know, anger, anything like that, is a primal response of self defense because you have to react to dangerous Tell this situations. Tell person to fuck off. Fuck yeah. Off. <laughs> it's like, so. but you have to, like, that's what, I mean, that's what working in a bar is. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. basically like this, um, kind of like a wage slave, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you're like, yeah. it's weird. We have this kind of weird class, like class system, you know, and it's like how it works. Mm-hmm. So when you're working, you're kind of like the servant to the, uh, the mm-hmm. person who's not working and yeah. they're on their time off. Uh, even though you might be in the same like socioeconomic bracket, but mm-hmm. while you're at work, you kind of become like their servant. Yeah. And so it's a weird thing because, you know, you're like, okay, I have to serve this person. So you have to be nice to them mm-hmm. regardless of like, you know, your own, like inside your personal, mm-hmm. like you want to be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you know, like don't talk there. to me like Customer that. Customer service is a discipline building practice. Absolutely. So you have to, that's a discipline. You uh-huh. have to fight that. Like somebody's like a dick, like a fucking entitled douchebag. And you want to be mm-hmm. like... I could destroy you yeah, right now. And it you're is. talking to me like that. But mm-hmm. because of society, I'm not doing it. You know, it's like, yeah. And doing that, being able to restrain, makes it easier for you to diet. It makes it easier to do anything. Yeah. Discipline um, is good, man. And that's a good thing. It's a good practice doing like the, mm-hmm. the customer service. I think so. Because it's, it's learning how to talk to people. It's learning mm-hmm. how to make connections with people. I think it's what makes me a good coach is I did a lot of sales growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I've done a lot of sales. Jobs. I've had like dozens of jobs because I got fired a lot. But uh, most did of you it. really? Oh, I imagine. for sure, man. Yeah. I have been terminated for some crazy Behavior things. issues. I see behavior issues. I have a really hard time with authority. That, well, yeah. <laughs> so, the, I mean, you being a coach, you being a power lifter, mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur in general, one thing I I've noticed about a lot of entrepreneurs is the reason they're an entrepreneur is because mm-hmm. they can't fucking work for other no, people. It's not meant for them. They're meant to work for themselves because when they work for other people, that's that authority. Can't thing. do it, man. It's, it's so hard for me to listen to somebody who's not as intelligent as I am just because yeah. they were there longer. Like, well, that's, and that's <sighs> that's always a problem too. Like, so, so because you probably do have like a higher intelligence. So like that's, um, Thanks, man. <laughs> well, I would say just by the, you know, gate, you know, the kind of conversations you have, what mm-hmm. you're interested in, uh, you know, you're probably at a, a little higher intellect than other, some other people. <laughs> and that can be really challenging because I've, I think there's a weird correlation between like high intellect and being super unhappy. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. So Ignorance like, is bliss, man. Yeah. You have to be aware of, you're, uh, you have to be aware of the bad things in life and the, the, you know, the contradictories, you know, to be unhappy. And when you're smarter, you're more aware of these things and you can see things for what they really are. Right. Um, well, and I think it becomes easier to see all the negative stuff because you're yeah. like, you can see all the angles and everything. So like mm-hmm. you look at like the government and you look at like the, us destroying the planet yeah, and you start tough. like viewing human beings as this like plague on the earth and all that. And so it becomes mm-hmm. hard to see the good, you know, and like it's hard. That's why I think that, uh, I forget the number, but it's just some saying where we only use some percentage of our brain. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's because of the idea of ignorance is bliss. Like, you ever play video games and there's a handicap where your, your controller moves slower so you can play against other people? Yeah. I think human bodies and brains have a handicap built in because so, we can't handle, you, you know, you can't handle the truth, you know? We can't There's sometimes. There's things that we can tap into that we don't because we're, we're handicapped in that regard because knowing all of those things is not really... You know, easy oh, to yeah. easy to comprehend, and you know that's why a lot of people with with psychedelics in particular, people talk about having bad trips. My interpretation of that generally is that you you access knowledge that you weren't supposed to have. You're not ready for that. You can't, you know. And right. it honestly, scares I'll you. admit, like I have a lot of um, mental complexes, like existential crises that have spawned from thoughts that I've came from taking mind altering drugs, like yeah. like expanded consciousness and stuff where I'm just like, this is so overwhelming to think of, you know? And if you keep thinking it, you're going to put yourself in these like circles. Yeah. And then I find myself thinking, it's like, like, well, what's the point, you know, like there's no point in being here if our higher consciousness can just change shape and form immediately. And like the human body is an illusion, you know, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is kind of an illusion, right? It is. I mean, if it's you know, a weird concept stuff about, you know, quantum physics and how the brain works is it's entirely possible that everything around us is constructed in our brains and isn't there. Um, there was some study that's done this year that they actually proved that on a local level, on a very small level, that reality is not, it's not, not real. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to um, the observer effect of, you know, we can't even predict where particles are because they don't technically really exist until they're observed. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so it's, it's that whole thing about like, we only perceive what's necessary for us to survive. Yeah. And we only perceive and mate, like such a small amount. So like man. the world we're living in is completely. Dude, there is millions of uh, countless amounts of beams and rays going through us right now. Like yeah. if we could see that even just the color spectrum, you'd be completely blinded. Um, be like, yeah, there is millions of particles passing through you right now. Yeah, and there's like whole like like fucking planets of like fucking bacteria living in us. And yeah. Like, then they're living a whole nother perspective down yeah, there. You isn't know? that crazy? Yeah. And that's their world. And we're potentially living in that from something higher than us. <laughs> that's what I mean. So like you yeah, start thinking tough. about all this stuff, dude, it'll blow your mind. That's why yeah. you're right. Like, you know, that's why sometimes it's just like, you know, fuck all that. Yeah. Like, let's just not think about it. Let's just have a fucking Fanta. Unfortunately, it's not. Let's smoke a cigar. I, I am in the search for higher knowledge, whether it destroys me or not. <laughs> I think that's a that's a that's a noble pursuit, though. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Um, you know, it's like we get into all this like philosophical shit, dude. Like, I love it. I even so the going back. There was some saying I remember. Like, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, well, if you're, I, I think it might be that Naval Ravikant or whatever. Hmm. Like that, he's like a billionaire dude, but like mm -hmm. he's he's kind of a philosopher actually. Mm -hmm. Really interesting dude, but like he said something like that too, like talking about how highly intelligent people are so unhappy. But he's like, if you're so intelligent, then why aren't you happy? Hmm. You should be able to figure out how to be yeah, happy. You know what I'm saying? Happy. Like, like <laughs> just think. Because <laughs> you you kind of can in a sense. Like if you, I always say you gotta just dumb yourself down a little mm. bit sometimes. Yeah. And just kind of enjoy shit. Yeah. You know, like I try to do that with some things, but it's difficult it's tough, for me. Though. Especially um uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Part of that is uh an obsession with perfection and certain other things. And that's something right. that has been really difficult for me is um I obsess over perfection of little things like honestly, like if I'll drink this, I'll think in my head like how's the most efficient way to drink this and what angle and if I you know, I get upset about it in my own head and like every time I take a step if I'm on the outside of my foot And then you, you know, end up like drinking it like like Donald Trump drinks water reason. <laughs> 
What was that meme of Mark Zuckerberg like sweating and like he's an alien? Or like Mark Zuckerberg doesn't even look fucking human, dude. He might not be. Who knows? Like that's like everybody hates Elon Musk, but I'm like, at least the dude's like, a, like he's a human. Like, I think Elon Musk is the savior potentially of consciousness, maybe the human love race. Elon. I know he everybody hates him, but like pay your taxes, you piece of shit. The only reason people hate him is because he's rich. Um, they hate know. him because he's rich. That's but, really it. And he made his own. He's he's self-made. I'm sure there might be unfair labor stuff in his company. But they uh, definitely hate him too because of the, the shit that he says. But I find the shit that he says really fucking funny. He's definitely on the emotional or social spectrum. Uh, oh, a, a lot of people at that top level are. But he is fighting the fight to save the human race. You know, people don't understand that him I and agree. Bezos trying to build space travel is to save every human on this planet from extinction. Well, and that is something that you are big into, Zach. I am big, and that's part of the fight that I want to be part of is maybe helping them derive that technology because we don't really have it right now. But that's what Elon is doing is he is making rockets reusable to cut the cost so much because the space race issue is just money. It's not human intelligence. Right. We're capable of it. It just costs too much money, and the government's not willing to pay for and it. And so that's kind of why NASA like doesn't do shit. Yeah, dude, I, I posted a figure about the budget of the military budget oh, compared to NASA's. It's it's like 0.1% of NASA's budget compared to the military. It's just— Dude, I'm surprised they, you're not rocking the NASA shirt. I, I, d- I decided to do pink today. Well, dude, to pink is like your color, dude. I, I love pink. I was I've been told. noticing you're rocking pink a lot, and like, to me— I, I just think there's something so cool when a fucking big strong dude rocks pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, shout out, you know, back to wrestling, Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett, the black, man. pink and black attack. So like, him. I've always fucking loved pink and black mm-hmm. because of Brett the Hitman Hart because that guy's like the, one of the, the best rest, pro wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, no NASA shirt today. They were all actually dirty. But you have the NASA pink shirt too. Yep, I do. It's yeah. a sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt. Right. I got that actually from the Space Center when I went. Um, I don't think I've talked to you since I went to the Space Center. Actually. And how was that? That was a, I consider it a transcendental experience for me. I had, I, I, I'm not kidding you. I walk in, right? And then there's this big, you know, little archway. And then you can see all the rockets in the background. And they're fucking massive. I started crying like a child. Yeah, I'm not like, kidding you. Got you got so overwhelmed. My, uh, Angelica had to, like, carry me around because every time I'd go through an exhibit and I would see, like, the astronauts and, like, the exhibits of their... Just emotionally. I would cry. Like, I felt yeah. I had a genuine connection with these people. And, like, the, I was like, these are my people. Like, the, yeah. they are doing this. And they had an exhibit where they would have the actual belongings of a lot of the astronauts. Like, this is their... And it, it was such a touching experience for me that it was hard to even fucking explain, man. It's almost um, like something compelled, like, like draws you to it that's, yeah. like, beyond your kind of... I Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I'm, getting, it, I'm getting fucking goosebumps right now. Thinking, yeah, I well, there's, there's, there's certain things like that, that, dude, in life where you just get so overwhelmed by this. Emotion. I think everybody has that. Mine is just the space stuff and that stuff. Yeah. Like everybody's got something, and I think that that's it's your higher calling. It's your higher power telling it's, you. It's, it's like so. um, it's some people it might be going to, like, Disney World, or it might mm-hmm. be, like, you know, for me, like, like, when I go to, like, even at the show, like, like pro wrestling events and, like, the show – the Emerald Cup was kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. There's this weird like electricity that happens yeah. at a it's big a event. unspeakable. Like you can't even explain this. The energy, but you like kind of feel it like in the air. Yeah, that means you know? you're at a place. If you get that feeling, any of the viewers, if you feel that thing anywhere, take note of it. Yeah, because that's, that's where a, you need to be. That's that where moment. you get those. Like there's more than five senses. Yeah, and we don't really know. Like I, they mm-hmm. they do have some other words for some other senses. I know, mm-hmm. but like I feel like because I've always thought that about when you're playing music. At a really high level with your band, yeah, there's definitely some senses like I don't know how you lock in, but you're kind of like communicating mm-hmm. without talking. Yeah, 
and it's one of the weirder experiences I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. Or kind of like when you're doing the, um, I've talked about this with the comedians that were in here. Mm-hmm. When you're like writing a bit or you're writing a song, it's weird because you kind of like feel like you're pulling it from the universe. Yeah. So like you feel it's like it's, it, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like the song is already there. It is. Like, so like you're saying, I wrote this song. But it's kind of like it was actually already out there, and you mm-hmm. just kind of like found it somehow. Well, if you think of the idea that you like, if linear time isn't a thing, then it is already there. Like you've already lived your life. Yeah, We're just experiencing it now based on. It's almost like you put this antenna out, and mm-hmm. um, that's but, what I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's like the universe is kind of providing it somehow. Like it's there. You find mm-hmm. it. You 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 polish it. You put it together. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really come from you per mm-hmm. se. It yeah. came from somewhere. Somewhere else. Maybe from future And you, you. channeled it. Uh-huh. You know, it's like weird. I don't know, dude. Oh, dude, you are spot on with that. Yeah, and there's a lot of things <laughs> like that, I think. You know, I think that's what art is, mm-hmm. you know? I think that absolutely. That's what, you know, they call manifestation and, you know, making things Manifestation. Real. I mean, even like you think about like bodybuilding or powerlifting, dude, that's mm-hmm. what you're kind of doing to your body. It's like... You are, and you're visioning, you're envisioning what that is. and You're manifesting this thing and then creating it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely, I think it's powerful. It's super powerful. Humans have limitless manifestation ability and creation, Um, and I don't even think we've tapped one percent of it. Yeah, we. I I talk about that shit with my uh, wrestling promoter a lot. Like we're like this, like you know, and he's usually high when we're talking about this. So just like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like take it with a grain of salt, but like you know, he's always like you know. I, I wouldn't put it past that there's some possibility that like I could like make that Coke can like float. I truly believe, that. you know, and he's I like, I feel that. like there might yeah. be something where we just, we're so closed mm-hmm. off from our true potential because mm-hmm. we're like in this kind of dull, mm-hmm. like zombified state of like living in like capitalism, mm-hmm. rat race, this like yep. dull, empty kind of low vibrational fucking like, you know, living life living just in like, ego. and yeah, living in the ego. Like mm-hmm. I go to work and then I do this. And then because I hate myself, I drink and mm-hmm. then this, and then I fucking get up and I hate myself more. Mm-hmm. And so I do drugs and yeah. I, you know, and you're in this low vibration, like mm-hmm. who's to say that there hasn't been like, you know, cause I view human beings as these like divine, beautiful mm-hmm. nature's perfect, like creatures mm-hmm. at our best. Mm-hmm. And when you, you think about when you train your body, you eat your healthiest, mm-hmm. you take care of yourself mentally, spiritually, physically, this, mm-hmm. this kind of thing happens to you where you do feel different. Yeah. You feel powerful. You do feel divine. Mm-hmm. You feel like this just clean power that mm-hmm. you can't like get from anything else, yeah. you know, you cause you've taken yourself. all the crap out. You've taken all mm-hmm. the bullshit out. Yeah. And who's to say that there hasn't been some civilizations at some point that like... I 100% believe that. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows, dude? Um, I believe that higher consciousness have done that. And I think that humans... I think that you... I know that this might sound like some high stuff to say, but... Dude, we're going going there. I think if you, Nick, right now had full capacity over your uh, mental perception and stuff like that, that you could turn this into anything. You could make this room disappear. You could float. You could teleport to another planet, another universe. You could do anything, literally anything that you could fathom and then more than that there's things you could do that you can't even as a human comprehend you know Dude, that's so that's you know? like if you think of the idea as linear time if that's not real we can't even comprehend what forever is so like there's a whole scope of things that you can't even perceive no that's um, like 100 um, so like 
there's um, I've posted about it. There's a guy, Dr. Stephen Greer, um, who has uh, two movies, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, and I think uh, I forget what his second movie is. I think it's just part two. Is that like Netflix? Where, um, I might have to. Check I think it's on, on on Amazon maybe, where uh, he actually has an organization where he contacts extraterrestrials. Um, and this man, oh, he's a doctor. He has done briefings at in D.C. with lead Air Force General, so he has a lot of credibility, and he says that they contact extraterrestrials with, with conscious thought, and he says that they travel here with the same consciousness, because um, it, with an understanding of, of physics and space travel is we have what's called propulsion technology to get to places as we burn a fuel and it presses us, yep. you, but we can't get past the speed of light. So to get to another star or galaxy or other life form is such an inefficient way of traveling. It's, right? it's, 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 yeah, it's but it's, all, it's to, what we have right it's now. It's all we have right now. So that raises the question of, well, if there's aliens, how the hell are they getting here? They're teleporting somehow. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're, there's a warp drive is like in Star Trek is the technology that they talk about. But he says that they use consciousness as your brain is if you have full capacity over your consciousness, you can manifest and you can astral project. You can right. float. You can do whatever you want. So, so uh, you know, Eric Weinstein at all? No. Like physicist, dude. Um, he's on like Joe Rogan's podcast a lot. Big mm. on Twitter. I don't know. He's kind of a controversial somewhat mm. for like, you know, during COVID, all that. So but what did so he calls that the, um, you know, going off the record. So like, mm. so like it, 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 we're you're you're the stylist. You're the the fucking needle is on the mm. record. So like if I you know I'm here. This is like stairway to heaven, and then this is whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I got to play all the way through to get to that song. But mm-hmm. he's like, so talking about space travel. Yeah, just lift the needle. You're lifting the needle. Yeah. And you're going to that's like that when yeah. we figure out how to get yeah, off a really the good fucking. Analogy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like that's that's what he believes eventually mm-hmm. the way we're gonna travel, yeah. And that's gonna be th- not just through space but time as well. Yeah. So you could back yeah. to this time. I period think if we have that technology, it, it it's gonna be coincided with time. Um, I mean yeah. the fabric of space and time. It's called it's called space time. It's not called space. Right. Um, there's and so... that's a hard thing. Humans can't even comprehend that. You know, there's there's people take their whole life learning about it, but the idea that. The, the, the fabric around us right now is interwoven with how time travels and our time, you know, mm-hmm. processes passes by is very hard to even comprehend. But it's, it's something we've we're so used to time that, yeah, we can't think. Mm-hmm. But it, you're right. It's like not they're not separate things. They're not separate things. Um, they're very, very interwoven. Um, and we've been able to prove it like this is the I've read the theory of relativity. Einstein figured this out 100 years ago and he, he proved it that yeah. time. Time goes slower at different places, depending on your speed, your location to gravity. Uh, masses with gravity so it's just crazy to think that humans don't even experience the same time as one another that even time itself is relative right Um, it's it's all your perspective and you know you think about good and bad and right and wrong and left and right is it's there is no such thing we mentioned that last time you're on here there's no such thing as good or bad it's all not relative to the onlooker and well we kind of give it those meanings Mm -hmm. as a story we're still we're like storytelling apes basically it's perspective from a human so it's perspective it's like you know it's weird what you said that about like the perception of time because you know i i do see like a lot of people that like i said we're kind of living in this kind of like dull zombified existence of like year mm-hmm. in and year out. So you, you get a guy that's got the same job and every day is kind of the same and then every year is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear people say things like, God, the years are yeah, just flying by. by, you know, the day, yeah. like time, you know, becomes like it goes so fast. Like when mm-hmm. you're a kid, time seems so slow because everything's new. Yeah. Um, but that's why I said about my show. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, if you want to really like 
put yourself through, through something extremely hard and difficult. Cause mm. like that week, dude, it, it was like a lifetime. Yeah. Like it was an adventure. Mm-hmm. It was like a fun, like time was so slow that mm-hmm. week. Every day was yeah. like, and every day I had to put in this certain amount of work, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like this task that had to be done. Yeah. And it was like getting harder cause you're fuzzy. You have no carbs. Mm-hmm. You can't think properly, but you're getting your 90 minutes of cardio done. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the Ted Lasso and shit came in. Cause mm-hmm. I would put on these shows, anything to keep my mind off of doing, yeah. doing the cardio so get the job know? done. But, uh, wow what a time really slowed down and that was like a beautiful week it was like a beautiful like i just that's some happiness right there i think (sighs) the only way to be truly happy anybody is through discipline practices um yeah and i think it comes down to you said like uh we're tethered here by something i call that i call it the ego um there's your ego and then there's your soul Um, Mm -hmm. the ego is everything primal about us human that has got us to survive um yeah and um when we practice discipline things is we're overacting that ego um, and we are becoming greater than, we're becoming greater than an animal when you override your stress response because yeah. you're doing things that animals don't do. Um, they can't do and that. And then as a result of that, you start to become higher than, you know, um, than a, it's than, one of these beautiful divine um, we, beings. We right? become that. And yeah. we, I think we all are divine beings. I think every one of you out there has a beautiful you know, soul inside of you. We're just, we're, we're handicapped by this human shell. I believe that too. Everybody, even all the people, even people I hate, people you know, and I don't really hate anybody, but people I dislike. Mm-hmm. I think there's a beauty in everybody. You know? Yeah, unfortunately, not everybody lives it up. Or they just don't. They don't it. find um, it. They, they fall. They fall to the ego. Um, it's kind of a good versus evil thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think about it a lot, honestly, with with uh, the ego, our souls, um, and uh, in in religious. Um, let me rephrase that. Um, I think it's Catholicism. They talk about the seven sins. Um, yeah, the seven and, um, deadly sins. Yep, and there's a lot of religions that have, you know, these these virtues, things you're not supposed to do, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I really like those seven because Creepy. I think that all manifestations of your ego can be broken down into some form of that, like sloth is, you know, the urge to sleep in. Wrath <sighs> is the urge to defend yourself. Pride is the, you know, the mostly a male urge to be grandiose. And yeah. they're all some form of ego because if you have some form of ego where you think that you yourself are valuable and like you are important over everyone else then it'll manifest in one of those seven kind of ways a hundred percent and um any sort of discipline and practice is overcoming one of those seven things in some way um and my tinfoil hat theory person you know thinks it's possible that you know aliens extra you know intervention could have came in and introduced this religion as a way to show us our way to enlightenment to higher consciousness um, and that explains why you've probably seen ancient aliens. There's so many different religions that are kind of the same thing at their root that formed at the same time. And I think it's because higher levels of consciousness tried to come in here and show us the way. Yeah, there's um, always that theory. So, like, mm-hmm. so you know, we're primates and then these extraterrestrials or some beings from somewhere mm-hmm. else came in, did something to us or mm-hmm. showed us something and mm-hmm. changed us into what we are as human yeah. beings. You know, and then there's all like there's like that stoned ape theory. Like, it's very possible. Like we you know, started taking mushrooms and started growing our brains. Very possible. Yeah, man. It is interesting because you, you do think about human beings and mm. how different we are from like much of the animal kingdom. I mean, also, we're the same in many ways, too. People forget that we are animals at the same time. But um, it is pretty crazy, like... Something had to have happened. Something had to happen. Yeah. We're definitely different, but I think that it's uh, it's very it's very typical of humans to think that we're so much better than other animals. Is yeah. it's I think that that's the ego part is that humans think that just because we have more complex thoughts and sensations that we're anything different. Um, 
But in reality, like imagine that there's a being that's just a little bit higher than us. They see us the same way that we see other animals. Um, Neil deGrasse actually did this little quick bit that I loved where he talked about the smartest animals on earth are chimpanzees, I believe, that at their highest level, they've been able to act at the same level of like a, like a second, like a toddler or something like yes. that in human terms. Um, or, um, yeah, and, and so um, what he says is that um, the smartest chimps, if we were to tell them something along the lines of like, meet me at Starbucks at eight, they wouldn't be able to comprehend that. Um, right. But, um, you know, they can do basic math and stuff like kids can do. Um, yeah, and we look at crazy. them like, oh, how cute. There's nothing that stops that possibility from being like there could be a creature that thinks that of us. Where, oh, 100%. Where our highest, highest performing humans are like children to them. Oh, um, there's definitely a being out there where we are possible, just dumb as fuck. But we think just because we're smarter than the other animals here, yeah. that we are something special. But, well, it's kind of the know. big fish, small pond thing. Like here, yeah. yes, we are the fucking top of the food chain. Mm. We're the most intelligent. Yeah. But I guarantee there's other creatures that we're, we're like ants. And it's more likely that there is, yeah. We're like fucking yeah. ants. And then on top of that, it's like... On a on a micro uh, on a small scale, day to day, most humans don't really live any differently than animals do. If you wake up every day and you have a job and you just work and you go home and you hang out and you don't overcome discipline in any way, you are no better than an animal. That's what animals do. They wake I mean, up. Most they people eat, live. They in fuck. Animal. They sleep. Yeah. If you are not like that's bare minimum. So you're not. You're not. Mm -hmm. So that is one thing. Like we said, these were beautiful divine creatures. Like. There's, there's definitely the capability that humans have to be greater and better than mm -hmm. that. But it's a rare... Most people never most get people past that don't. animal I think thing. everybody's capable of, but... You know, well, I think people. everybody is, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. It is time to take a short break for our sponsors. Uh, the Nikki Free Podcast is now brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, they are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. So join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. So it is 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code NikkiFit at manscaped.com. Uh, so the thing about it is like when you're, you know, you, you're trying to shave your balls, you got like a date or something, you know, you don't know where things are going to go, but you don't want to be like showing up all messy down there. You want to show up all clean. You want to be looking good down there. You know what I'm saying? So like we've all done that. You get a shaver out, you go to shave yourself. And what happens every time you cut your balls, man. And it's no good when you cut your balls, you know, you start bleeding all over your ball sack. You got blood going everywhere. You get it cleaned up, you go on the date, and, like, uh, obviously, you know, you're a high-performance male, so, like, things are going good for you in the date. You know, stuff starts going well, and next thing you know, like, one thing leads to another. But then the thing is you whip it out, and, like, there's a big thing. Like, you know, your, your balls are all cut up, and it's, like, all sore down there, and it's, like, such a turnoff, you know. So it's, like, you don't want that to happen to you, you know. Like, you don't want a big open wound on your ball sack when you're out on a date, like... That's just no way to be. So, so guys, it's time to take care of yourself. All right, look at this. Look at this product. It's awesome. Thank you, Manscaped. Um, this stuff is so great. You know, they also threw in this beard hedger, which is just a great beard trimmer. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, but this is the performance package. Um, so, yeah, you know, guys, use uh, go online. Go to manscaped.com. If you want 20% off, 
Use code NickyFit. You will get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. So check out the performance package. It's awesome. And thank you guys so much. Uh, use code NickyFit. Save 20%. You're really helping out the podcast. And I want to say that I was already using Manscaped before they started sponsoring the podcast. I think they're a great product. So thank you guys for picking this stuff up. Use code NickyFit. Save 20% and free shipping. You're really helping me out. You're helping out the podcast. And thank you to Manscaped. And thank you guys. Uh, go out there. Let's get cleaned up. Let's get cleaned up. Let's not go out there all messy and stuff. We got to look good. All right, guys. Thank you. But everybody that will, every person in the world you talk to on the street will say, if you ask them, like, are you better than an animal? They'll be like, yeah, you know, because I can think about tomorrow and I can text on my phone. I can watch But they're Netflix. on that same computer system that an animal is of just surviving, which if you got a job, you're just surviving. Survival you know, like, mode. So if you get up and you work every day and you just do that, like you are doing the same thing an animal does. You just have more complex feelings. Well, there's also you know. like <laughs> science based on like, you know, your, your socioeconomic place in the food chain, like, mm. you know, how much money you make determine like a lot of people are paycheck to paycheck. You're in survival mode. Yeah. You're having a really so if you're do if you're like living in that kind of life and you're still trying to like ascend yourself to these higher levels on your own free time, you're really doing going above and beyond because most people in mm -hmm. in that kind of uh, poverty, like you're in survival mode, yeah. you can't even like get to yeah. that. You know, it's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. thing. You're never, you know, you're never leaving yeah, the basic. You're never getting above the basic yeah. one, dude. It's yeah, like, you're a very different person in that survival mode. When you're in survival mode, you're not. You're not. You're your not your self. best. You're not your higher self. You're yeah. not your higher self, and it's yeah. it's crazy when you see what people are actually capable of. It's 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 amazing, actually. It is. It's hard to get out of that. I kind of um, with uh, post traumatic stress disorder is a, a big part of that. Is is you are in survival mode, you know, during that phase. Because if you're going through any sort of stressful traumatic event, you are in survival mode, mm -hmm. and it's tough to look back in hindsight and just realize, like you said, like you're not really able to think forward. You know, you're just stuck in the day to day of like, how do I get by? And yeah. uh, once I got um, you know clean off of sober off alcohol, and I started to get out of survival mode, it was definitely very hard to come to like fruit with that in your brain of like. I have these thoughts that I've never had before. I have these experiences that I never had before because you're so stuck in that survival mode. Right, um, and also like if you're kind of using those substances like alcohol and stuff, mm -hmm. like you're kind of like numbing yourself. You are from feeling those. What you, know, you need the, to feel. What you actually need to feel to ascend to those higher levels, yeah. the shit you need yeah. to deal with to become that higher version of yeah. yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do it when you're numbing yourself every day with alcohol. No, and that's what I was doing. Um, and I found actually, I realized, I found out after I'd become, uh, got off alcohol that I had OCD and I didn't know until I was 27 that I did because I was just drinking my, in hindsight, I was drinking through the manifestations of, I just didn't know that they were, I just knew that I was stressed out and then I just drank. Yep. But then I find out that like, yeah, I don't like when things aren't sorted and I don't like when yeah. I don't have space and I don't like this and, There's like certain you know, little things, yeah. and uh, it was kind of like an existential crisis of just like, holy shit, this is a lot. <laughs> so then Zach, what do you do to kind of mitigate those things now? Like, how do you deal with like OCD or mm -hmm. like, it's just something that you kind of have worked on, right? Yeah. I went to behavioral therapy for a while, which honestly I do need to go back. I am an advocate for therapy for everybody and I need to follow through on that. Mm -hmm. um, but um, that was the biggest thing is they taught me tricks to just how to think better. Um, the way that uh, my psychiatrist explained is she said that I'm really good at controlling my actions, but I'm not good at controlling my thoughts. So, 
she taught me through techniques of how to just get myself out of negative head spaces so that yeah. I, you know, because one thing that happens with me is I have numbers repeat in my head. I, I count people's syllables when they talk. Um, certain things just stick with me. And it's, it's very, it's like, it, I feel like I have seven different frequencies coming in my brain. So that would clutter your brain up. It clutters your brain and it's very overwhelming. And when I would drink alcohol, it would turn off. Uh, so that was so the, the, that was the thing. Um, so she taught me ways to just get through it. One of the tricks she taught me in behavioral therapy was to just take a breath and say, "We're chilling," and then that'll tell me like everything's good. Like we don't have to think about all this. And then that would help me a lot. Um, now outside of that, to deal with it um, with having OCD um, was microdosing helped a lot. Definitely helped. So that a lot. was the theme um, of the the one with Matt. Yep, Matt yep. Moses. That was big because it helped me come to terms and acceptance with the way that I was and what I had. Instead of being like, "What this is terrible. Why am I like this and that?" It just it opened it up and it made me see the greater picture of things. Like maybe that I am this way because it helps me do things that are great. Um, exactly. You, know? you got to um, really appreciate the you mm-hmm. because that's like they anybody that's successful. It's like the thing that makes them them is like the mm. thing that it's usually the shit you're trying to fight the most mm. or like hide or whatever. Like, yeah, that's like the secret sauce that makes you, you. Yeah. And like, that's what people end up like. You even say that, like when you meet your like mate, like the shit that you're like embarrassed of or trying to hide is the mm. reason they fall in love with yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. quirky stuff. It's like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, microdosing helped me a lot with that. Um, and it does help on a smaller scale of just like my day-to-day symptoms of being anxious because that in PTSD manifests in is like, I, it, it kind of embarrassed to say this, I get, but the, I guess, I guess, but I have a lot of anxiety with leaving my house. Um, yeah. I honestly, like I have my girlfriend call doctors for me to make appointments. It's very tough experiences for me because I have the obsession with perfection, with this and that. I can hear every little quiver in someone's voice when they talk, and like it's just very overwhelming for me. So it's better to be avoidant of a lot of these situations. Right. Um, so when I was growing up, um, I was very isolated as a kid. And in my twenties, I would just stay home. I would lock myself in my room um, because it was easier to avoid stressful stimuli um, than just to face it. So I would just, I would just hide. Stay home. Um, so. Um, part so of, how did you fight against that? Was that part of like with, with getting into the, the bodybuilding lifting community? Mm-hmm. Did that kind of help you it did. get out more? Because I, I have to go to the gym every day. Um, yeah. And uh, it's definitely something that's hard for me um, training in gyms that I get busy and get loud. Like it's it's very like I hate to be that guy, but it's triggering for me. Right. Like, PTSD is loud sounds make me upset. They scare me. Like mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm not afraid to say it on the Internet. I get scared. I genuinely get fearful when people like slam lights really loudly. It, it, it jars me. It's, it's It puts you in that survival response. We get some of that um, shit at body or not yeah, body shop, but it's, uh, it's not very East nice. Side Gym, dude. Some of them dudes, it's like. I'm, I, I remember I had to like check my deadlift cause I was like, mm. you know, when I get up to four or five, it makes noise, but I like, I had to watch the video. I'm like, no, I'm not slamming it mm-hmm. like that. I'm actually like yeah. putting it down very lightly considering yeah. it'll make some noise. It'll but... make some noise, but I'm like, okay, mm. good. Cause I'm like, God, do I slam them like that? And I was like, no, I don't. Effort. I was like, effort. yeah. And like some of these dudes, they just like push it down hard. Yeah. And it's like, I remember I had a client that I was training, and he was like, do they have to do that? I'm like, actually, no, they don't. No, they don't. I'm like, you get a guy that's like up to like seven, 800 pounds, and yeah, he's mm-hmm. there's nothing he can do. It's going to make mm-hmm. fucking noise. Yeah. But this guy's over here doing like 315, but he's slamming it on yeah, the floor because like somebody must have, somewhere along the lines, must have taught him that that's yeah. how you fucking do a it's deadlift or some people. shit. <laughs> like yeah, Inconsiderate. That's like them saying, like, my experience is more valuable than everyone else's around me. I don't care if you're comfortable, you know, like it's about me right now. Well, this is weird. Selfish. I wonder where they got that idea that like you just slam it when you're done. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure. 
I mean, I think I, I probably did it when I was a younger lifter. Um, oh, I, yeah. You know, for sure. But we all mature, you know. I'm older now. Um, I made friends with a woman once because I, I wasn't slamming it. I was just deadlifting normally, but it makes some noise. And mm-hmm. this old lady was in the gym. It was like at a Anytime Fitness. And she's like, looks at me and she's like, do you have to make all that noise or something? Mm-hmm. And I like looked at her and I was like, if you want, I was like, if you want peace and quiet, you should go to the rest home. Oh, I like said that to her, damn. and then like it was weird because we actually became friends after that. She was like, "Good burn, dude." She was kind of like, "Nobody's ever talked to me like that." Like, let's uh, be friends, you right? know? Like, it was weird. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we like that was like shortly before I moved here, and she like she even like gave me her like she's like I, my my niece lives out there in Washington because I was back in Iowa mm. at the time. She's like, "Here's her information." I'm wow. like. So weird that you like tell this old lady, you know, she wasn't even that old, but I just made the rest home. I'm like, if you want it peace and quiet, you should go to the rest home, you old bitch, <laughs> you old cunt. No, I that's didn't say that. But it was weird. That's how we bonded because, like, it's kind of funny. Sometimes, like, people like that shit when yeah. you're a little, like, abrasive with mm. them. Uh, I think she kind of got a kick out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But definitely going to the gym has helped a lot with that. Um, it gets me out, it gets me going. And having oh, a form yeah, of discipline that. helps everybody, it helps me overcome. Um, any sort of mental health kind of thing, I, I believe. So yeah, because well, it seems like hard. you have a good handle on it now. It's on the uphill, but this year was definitely tough. Um, Just a tough year. It was huh? tough. Well, I decided to, at the beginning of the year to kind of come off of my antidepressants because it suppresses your appetite. Um, yep. It gives me terrible nightmares, um, which is yeah. tough to deal with. Yeah. Um, so I decided to stop because I wanted to start eating better so I could make my weight class. And, you know, if you don't have an appetite, it's hard to eat good. So, mm-hmm. And then I went down a slippery mental health slope. So I started back on them a month ago. That's um, probably it's good. definitely man. making a difference. Um so. Well, that's like Matt said. He's like, man, they saved my life at the time mm-hmm. that I took them. So it's like, yeah, you know, and he was able to get off of them using psilocybin. Mm-hmm. But man, like, if you get off of them and it starts going bad, mm-hmm. well, I definitely, uh, I don't, I know, I don't mean to play like the whose mental health illness is worse kind of thing. But OCD is a disorder that's heavily medicated for treatment. Yeah. Um, the antidepressant dose you take is literally. I, I prescribe 200 milligrams of uh, sertraline, and uh, bipolar and depressive take like 20 milligrams. So um, it's very hard for somebody with my mental health issue to come off of it. So I think I'm going to have to be on some sort of something. Um, uh, definitely psilocybin helps. It uh, definitely helps a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, I hope someday I can get fully off of the medication. Yeah, because you can never me. like measure them. You know, apples. Like everybody's situation mm-hmm. is completely unique, yeah. right? So like, yeah. You have to like, like I know with a lot of those things, it's a lot of trial and error mm-hmm. with like certain medications, yeah, antidepressants. I've tried a lot. And yeah. you got to find the right combo that works for you. I've tried a lot. I, my, I find that less is more, honestly. Uh, when I first started in my mental health career, I would say uh, they were overprescribing me so much and misdiagnosed. It was, well, they do that because they make a lot of money. They must have been making a killing. I remember uh, my insurance at the time had gone out because I'd gotten fucking fired. And I'd go to the pharmacy, and they said, oh, for this month, it's like $1,300. And I was just appalled. And, uh, you know, I get older and I learn more about the mental health world and there's all their alternatives. They just wanted to give me the new brand name thing. Well, I'm sure there was a reason they were giving you what they had an incentive. He's getting incentives. I actually recently I left a review on that uh, behavioral associations page, just uh, letting them know how displeased I was with what I consider to be malpractice. Yeah. Uh, If you prescribe somebody four different medications for a for a for a diagnosis they ended up not having. (laughs) Um, this makes you a zombie. Oh, that's the problem, you know, dude. They, like they, they love that shit. Like, they love it, and they don't care. They just want to force you in and out. It's just a job to them, um, a lot of them. Um, 
So I have had kind of a, a tough experience with uh, the mental health world in general. But it's been right. when I came to Washington, I saw I got a lot much better treatment here. It's kind of like you better. said. There's not like it's not like humans are good or evil. It's just incentive. Like if I prescribe this, I get this money, I get this mm-hmm. kickback, I get this, like there's a re, you know, like, and you know, and they're doing it, trying to help at the same time, but like, mm-hmm. you know, money corrupts everything, dude. So it's like, it does, it does. And some people get in fields for the wrong reason. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, and there's a lot of doctors that like get in it cause of the money. Yeah. You know? So they're like, I'm which gonna... I find that you can make so much money doing other stuff in this day and age. I make Filthy money as a personal trainer, <laughs> dude. That's good to hear. I charge a hundred an hour cash, and I get fucking, yeah. I get paid it. Um, and I have no qualifications. I just speak well, and I lift a lot of weight. Uh, and well, and I love hearing trainers do well. And the cool, you know, I, some of my clients are talking about like you know the economy getting worse, and like, mm-hmm. but they're like, but the thing is, I don't want to cut this out because this is like mental health for me this is it's that discipline practice you know and then you know i have one client she's like closer to her 60s and like for her it's like her doctors they they love that she's working with a personal Mm -hmm. trainer because it's like they've been telling her like you have to do you know Mm -hmm. like so it's like she doesn't want to cut that out either it's like Mm -hmm. and you know things will get better with the economy i'm sure Mm -hmm. so but it is weird like that's usually one of the first things people cut yeah I don't blame them. It makes yeah, sense. it's it's an I expense. Hope they stay in the gym without you, at least. <laughs> right. You don't want to see that that habit go, and it's a slippery slope with the momentum to get that going again. It's tough. I remember I had the one uh, trainer on here, and she was talking about that. It's kind of sad when the economy goes. And then the first thing people do is they cut their personal training because, mm-hmm. like, well, I got to save money. But then they miss the training and they get depressed, mm-hmm. so then they start drinking. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's such a weird cycle. So then they end up spending just as much money on alcohol. And it's like, you could have just kept training and like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a weird. Yeah. That's a good perspective on it. And, uh, you know, people need that, that need discipline, the self practice or else their mental health is just going to go downhill. So it's, that's why I think being a trainer is a very rewarding thing. I think it is. I, you're, you're saving people's lives in a way. Yeah. You're changing lives for sure. But it's always good to hear people are killing it at that, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to make yeah. that money, dude. Got to make the money. But it's nice to know uh, that we can make money not living that corporate lockdown world. Anyway, my parents were in the generation of, uh, oh, you got to go to college. You got to get a good paying job. And that is such a terrible thing to teach your children that they have to do this way to be well, successful. And it was tough for me because having somebody, someone with mental health issues, I had a very hard time holding a, a, a corporate or, you know, whatever corporate job. And... Yeah, big, well, and it's a it's a for sure entry into that that dull zombified state of existence we were is. talking about. Yeah, it's passes. That it if you're going in, I mean, that's like yeah. what you're what you're signing up for, dude. Yeah. If you're going into this corporate world, yeah. And that thought just terrified me to be thinking that like you have to be doing something you don't want to do just to survive when you're already having a hard time as it is. You know, telling someone with mental health issues that they have to do something that they don't like to just to survive when they don't even really want to survive in the first place is kind of hard to to process. Oh yeah. So that's why I had such a hard time holding a job. I'm like, dang, I don't even really want to be here and then now i have to go somewhere for 40 hours a week to not make enough <laughs> right a lot of super successful entrepreneurs have such a similar stories and mm-hmm. you know just like not being able to hold down a regular job mm-hmm. you know like having issues with authority figures mm-hmm. not you know being able to conform to like the corporate life where mm-hmm. like you have to like all dress the same you get yeah no like individual you live like a robot Man. Which, you know, not since we're in Seattle, which is kind of like, you know, the liberal kind of like mm-hmm. more hippie shit. 
-hmm. they're definitely like better that way in the corporate world like i think you can have tattoos now you can like yeah kind of where you you know wear your hair how you want i decide he's coming along I, yeah, I go to the bank. The one dude's like, has he's rocking a mohawk, you know? Nice. It's like, I had to get this approved, but they approved it. And it's like, I mean, does it really matter to us if, like, the dude giving us our money as a cashier has a fucking mohawk? Yeah, let him live his life. He's a person. That's what I'm saying. It's so weird. And same with, like, all these corporate jobs. Does it? Do I care if, like, somebody sitting at a Microsoft desk has fucking a tattoo? Yeah, I don't care. It, we've definitely come a long way with that kind of stuff. Like, I think it's a lot of it's because the newer generations are now starting to get positions of authority and they're changing things. Yeah. That's what I so think they're letting people have some sense of individuality. Yeah, because those old people that made those stupid old rules are gone. Yeah, they're yeah. phasing out. We're, they're phasing out. We're in a very interesting era of the world where that, you know, that generation that's in power, they're, they're dying and they're leaving their positions. Um, it is uh, weird. I wonder a, what's going to happen. hand off of power to a very different ideology. And uh, soon it's going to happen in the government. Right now, we still have a lot of people in their 70s and 80s. But give it another 15, 20 years, well, both dudes the new generation will be in there. Um, yeah, both dudes running for sure. Yeah. Because we're going to have Trump and Biden again. Ugh, God, like this is the best we got. And they're America. so fucking this old, This is the best dude. we got. It makes me so... Well, and actually, uh, if you kind of look into Biden, they're both kind of corrupt as they're, fuck. They're 100% yeah, both corrupt. It's so weird. I, I talk a lot about on Trump, and people always respond with, like, oh, but Biden. And I'm like, you got me wrong. I think they're both You're fucked. like, I'm not It's just arguing. funnier to make yeah, fun yeah, of Trump yeah. for me. It's just easier. That is um, funny, because it's like, well, what about Biden? And it's like, you're like, actually, I'm not arguing. Yeah, yeah you're they right. They both yeah. suck. Yeah, they yeah. both are terrible. Like, And... Uh, I think the whole idea of having political parties in nature is, in its nature, is just wrong too. Like, if we're my idea is like if we're we're supposed to be one, we're a team. Why is yeah. there a competition for who's in charge? There shouldn't well, be a competition if you're if everyone if all the candidates' best interests if they if you if the candidates had the best interests of the population in mind, they wouldn't even be picking at each other because you're on the same team. You, right. the, the both parties are on, should be on in my this is my interpretation. Republicans, Republicans and Democrats, you're trying to do the same job. You're allies. You might have a different perspective, but there should be no need for a competition. You know what I mean? Well, they kind of are all on the same side of giant corporate fucking yeah, interests. Yeah, they're all looking yeah, out for like, each other. If you think a, about mm -hmm. it, and then the whole like ideologies is just a show. Yeah. So this is the show. We're fighting. We're yeah. fighting. See, we're different. Yep. You believe this. You believe this. Mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, it's like, nope, they're all kind of on the same page of like fucking – Neo fucking liberalism mm. and fucking yeah, and the, most of the giant corporations fucking, are basically telling yeah. them everything to do, everything to yeah. say. It's the one percent looking out for the one percent, and they're making rules over the ninety nine. And then and it's just know, disgusting, right? And then now they've all kind of like like adopted all these like they've kind of like taken over all these like uh, moral type of things too mm. to get people on their side. So now we all love big corporations because mm. they do fucking pride month and they do like mm -hmm. pro trans month and they do like, but it's like, wait, they're only doing that because they're trying to make you like them. Yeah. They're still evil as fuck. Yeah. Like don't fall for it. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. You know, I yeah. think it's all kind of a show. There's definitely a lot of that. Yeah. Um, There's definitely a lot of that. It's just, we need a whole political reform. Uh, we need, well, I think we need money out, money out of politics, but how do you do that when, I think we need politics out of politics. There shouldn't be God. The whole idea of politicians and having a competition of it is just so insulting to me. You know? Yeah, I don't think that it should be like that. We should be able to freely choose and actually have an opinion. When we all, I think everybody thinks that it is our, weird that these people are supposed to be 
representing us and they don't represent they don't us represent they us represent at all. giant they don't represent us and they live in their nice big homes and they don't yeah. even have any close to the perception of we do i want to see somebody in power as a president who like actually lived the way that we like the most government totally sucks yeah. you motherfucker they do. The government they do. totally sucks they really suck on a, on a grand scale and that's I, a tenacious d song oh yeah yeah um but yeah, it works me up thinking about it because unfortunately we can't. I can't do much about that's it. That's another one of those things. Like the more you think about it, dude, yeah. the more it's gonna drive you crazy. And that's why it. I'm always just like, fuck it all. Yeah, I'll <laughs> you know, scroll like, through YouTube and I'll see like, like not might all. It's like fuck it all. Fuck it all. So, yeah, like, and I'll see like just the political stuff. Like oh, this guy says this law, and I just like you. Why are you people up there? Yeah. There was some saying I read actually that said uh, the the fault with. Not being involved in politics is sometimes you were ruled by people less intelligent than you are, something along those lines. Right. And that's kind of how I feel where I'm like, man, I wish I got into politics because I think I could do a better job than a lot of you fucking clowns. Well, maybe that's <laughs> something you should do someday, dude. Well, believe it or not, when I was a kid, I wanted to be the president. I actually, yeah. one of my most treasured possessions is a bowl my grandma gave me that as a presidential bowl. Right. Um, if you're like passionate about it, like mm -hmm. we need good people to get in there. I think. And that, there are some good people that are politicians they okay. really they absolutely. really are i absolutely. mean they still have to play by the shitty rules but there's definitely some people that actually care that are trying yeah. to do a good i think job. there's plenty of them i just think that the system itself is flawed but the system so fucks so it, much fucks that you it can do yeah and everybody i think every american for the most part can believe that being the president they're just puppets towards big corporation like we all we all talk about this 100 we all talk about it but nobody's doing anything about it what do you do Hey, we talked about it on the last podcast of the Bugs you, Life. You storm the Capitol? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like it's like the Bugs what Life do? analogy of the, the oh, guy yeah, saying yeah. Uh, with all of the little seeds dropping down. You know, the the government and the big corps—they're scared of the people because there's a lot more of us. They don't just don't. Well, want they us to keep know us it. all sedated. And they keep us divided. Entertainment. Too. Yeah, and they, they keep, keep us divided. divided. That's what a political party thing. The is political good party for. thing keeps us divided. Yeah. Then they keep us sedated with entertainment, with and streaming the, apps. Mm -hmm. Fucking food that just gets delivered Keeps to us your busy. Door. Meanwhile, they try to convince us that they're on our side. Yeah. But if they were on our side, I think if the if they were really on our side, they'd be down here in the streets with us. Like, you know, the presidents. Why isn't Trump, Biden, all these guys like going to Seattle and like talking to the homeless people? Why aren't they doing it? Because they're not. That's not actually what they're interested in. <laughs> well, if there is this idea that human beings could be these beautiful divine beings mm -hmm. that could like get to some level of consciousness where they're using much more of a percentage of their brain and they mm -hmm. can make fucking Coke cans. <laughs> all that shit we talked about earlier, that wild shit. Oh, uh, yeah. If that's a thing, then uh, all the stuff that we're talking about right now is to suppress that. I think it's a big part of it. And keep us in that dull... a big part of it. Fucking zombified I don't know if it's state. intentional. Like, I, don't... I don't know if it's intentional, but it mm. definitely keeps us in that little... Yeah. Box of fear. Yeah, because I just... think if people were like enlightened and, and were not ignorant to what was yeah. going on, there would be unrest. Um, I think if the the population was more educated of what's going on and how it's being done, and it's just more in, not. I don't mean educated as we're smarter. I mean we're just more aware of what's actually happening. Right. Um, the people would be very unhappy. Um, and I think that most people oh, just kind yeah, of turn a blind yeah. eye to it because we're, we're most people in the world are in survival right in mode right now. You just you don't want to know, especially with the economy going down. Those people are in survival mode. Just didn't want to know. They don't want to know, and you know, don't even know how to ask the questions. Um, well, and they'd rather not know. Yeah, it's kind of like a lot of. I mean, most people like to live lives of some kind of like you know delusion. Like, kind of. Sometimes I wish that I could live that life. You know, I and it's like. That you think about it like a lot of people don't like so there's certain people like us that we like to try to go and find the truth mm -hmm. 
but the thing is like you're even talking about a bad mushroom trip like that's the, the reason it's bad is because you don't want to face the things that it showed you yeah that are true about yourself yeah. the bad parts of you mm-hmm. um but yeah. if you can face those things and understand mm-hmm. that that kind of shadow self mm-hmm. and realize that you're actually human you have evil bad parts of mm-hmm. you as well yeah. and you can face these realities you can actually become better mm-hmm. but a lot of people they don't like to face the dark bad parts of themselves they'd rather stay in this delusional state Mm -hmm. and so they never kind of go there and like anybody that well you even see that with like we're talking about you know the the people i live with live this very kind of healthy lifestyle right Mm -hmm. and they have certain friends that that they've kind of fallen out of of touch with because the friends live a very unhealthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. they they sit and they drink every night till Mm -hmm. all hours of the night they're alcoholics, they're out of shape, but mm-hmm. they don't, you know, they're the kind of people that are out of shape, but they'll be like, oh, it must be nice having good genetics while yeah. doing nothing. But <laughs> it's like, well, it's not just their genetics. It's yeah. like they're actually, if you look mm. at their lifestyle, you could also make positive, you know, mm. changes in your life. But so just being around the people who are like living a better, healthier life is offensive yeah. to the people it, not. It, it highlights that. It because they don't that. like to see that there actually is a possibility that mm. maybe all the things that they're upset about, mm. all the things that they're unhappy about in their own life mm. are their own causing. Yeah. So they don't like to be faced with yeah. the reality that like mm. the reason I'm unhappy is because mm. of myself. Yeah, they want to blame it on some outside thing. Yeah. Yeah. Society somebody else they don't want to put the blame you know what i'm saying so yeah, it, yeah, i follow you that's very insightful so a lot of people like to live yeah. these kind of lives where they're kind of protected and around other people that have mm. similar you know uh, bad behaviors mm. so if i'm around people just like me then we can all kind of blame the world blame everybody else mm. not look to ourselves not put yeah. any blame on ourselves therefore never growing yeah yeah, you yeah. know, so then people who do grow and who change, they they, they become offensive to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, and it's so misdirected we were, anger. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot it's of, projection and yeah, it's they see the things that they could be capable of and it makes them angry and they just take it out in a way. It's, it's kind of like if you see somebody that's like super fucking inspiring, mm-hmm. do you hate them for it or do you just get inspired to work harder yourself? I mean, you have a choice. Yeah, right? you have a choice. Yeah, I will admit that like. I do have that in me where like I'll see somebody who's stronger or better than me at what I do and it if it doesn't make, make me angry. Like yeah, it, I angry. think that's normal to have that. Like to be you have to be able to compartmentalize it. And I think it's normal and, and I think you gotta use it as fuel. It's yeah, yeah. If you accept it for what it is and you try to just, you know, use it as fuel and uh, accept that those thoughts are not like Well it's kinda like we're human beings. Like, yeah, we're yeah, human beings, and it's natural to. Res- if you think of it in an animal res- response way, you would seeing a male that is better than you is supposed to incite a response because yeah. if you're an animal, you're supposed to you take that. Well, it's like, and out. even like, if, say you're into a girl, and say it's not even a male that's like better than you, mm-hmm. but she's giving attention to a, a different male, you get like rage for yeah. that, like jealousy, this yeah. evil je- Like, why the fuck is she hanging mm-hmm. out with him? And you get all pissed, like, yeah. fuck. That's a why doesn't she response. fucking like me like that? You uh-huh. know, like. But it's like that's human. It's just like it's just it's like animals. Human. It's just a more complex situation. Dude, jealousy's animal. a weird one. Jealousy is a weird. Like you're one. into a girl and she's like hanging out with some other dude, and it's this weird rage builds mm-hmm. inside you, like, yeah, fucker, kill him. <laughs> yeah, you want to like fight him, and it's like the dude uh, did nothing wrong. He's probably a decent yeah, probably a really guy, nice you know? dude. It's like, they can't like, even be mad at him. Yeah, yeah, it's just a human fucking thing, dude. Yeah, and it's just uh, another primal response. 
Absolutely. That's why I say we're just animals, dude. We are just animals. We're just more complex. You know, the same way that a cat has more complex emotions than an ant does. We just are that one scale above a cat, you know, but we're still just animals. But that's what you're talking about with the the ability to kind of like go against those things. Mm -hmm. What were you saying about like, yeah, that's what makes us better. That's what makes us more than animals. Like the overriding your stress, overriding the stress. That's what you're saying. That's the smallest, like most simplest bastardized way I can make it. But it's more complex if you talk about like how that manifests and stuff like that. It's Um, so fucking interesting. I think that that's what makes us better than animals. And that's what makes you your higher self. Your higher self is free of these mortal, you know, whatever. And that's why enlightenment, um, people who talk about being enlightenment and monks and stuff like that is they say like they have no sex. They work on a schedule. You know what they're doing? They're practicing discipline to override their stress responses. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. That's all it is. I fucking, (laughs) I love discipline, dude. Mm -hmm. If you said, go be a monk and you can never have sex again, though, I'd be like, go Mm -hmm. fuck yourself. (laughs) I'd be like, all those indulgences are what makes being a human all this experience because like as much as i'm like on this like no fap thing and Uh like like you know when you get to the you're doing a show Mm -hmm. and like i didn't think about sex i didn't watch porn Uh i didn't jerk off i didn't do any of that for weeks weeks Uh almost months you know just so focused on this Mm -hmm. one fucking singular thing but if you said like nick you can never fuck again in life i'd be like go fuck yourself i I think and never fuck recreationally i guess like is the if well, you would I ask me still true, want to do that. true enlightenment ascendance from being a better than an animal is freedom of all of those things unless a know? certain someone wants to fall in love with me and have children mm-hmm. and get married I still think I want to just like fuck around <laughs> I mean I she, yeah I will admit that fully <laughs> but what, I, what, I, what I think all humans yeah. actually want though is a real meaningful relationship and they want love. Well, of course we all want love, but all men were animals. Yeah. If you, almost every animal species in the world, yeah. the males were designed to chase, uh, not chase, but right. like pursue and get women for the sake of breeding and having offspring. So it is very normal for men to want to sleep around. And like, I'm so sick of society, like making it obscure for like, it's bad yeah. for men to like, I mean, it's bad to be a creep. It's bad it's to make, bad to be it's a bad creep. to make unwanted it's bad advancements, to cheat on your girlfriend. but it is very like, normal for men to want to sleep with other, with other yeah, women to healthy. be sleeping around. It's healthy. Um, it's, uh, it's very normal for us. Uh, the other end is females evolved to keep men with them. And it's so monogamy is a societal construct on a woman's behalf. Men get fucked on that one. But we're <laughs> yeah, bad for, you're a bad guy for wanting dude, to be. Dude, Fauci you know, fucks, man. Fauci uh, fucks. No. Society is on woman's side on that one. And then we wonder why, you know, men like, want to cheat and stuff like that. And it's like, it's very normal for men to have these thoughts. I mean, granted, if you are in the bounds of a relationship, yes, yeah, stick to your relationship. But, you right. know, it's very normal for a man because we are animals and every yeah. male species pretty much has they don't there's not very many animals that mate with as a pair there's very few oh no 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 most of the we're time mammals we're most of the time the male uh, they have intercourse and then the male leaves and then he, when he's ready again he does it to another one you know and that's i mean just the male's instincts are telling him to fuck as many things and as that's he the can. same instincts we have but back to what we talked about before is people think we're better than animals yeah we're not we just have more complex feelings we just can thoughts. like you said override yeah. it we can override it, so we can be we can override it, and unless you're overriding your that on a daily Dude, basis, Fauci fucks. No, there was like, so you, you remember like during the pandemic, like Fauci was like almost like a fucking superhero to mm-hmm. like like more like the liberal side, mm-hmm. and it was funny because there was like this, like, he was like appearing on, I can't remember like a, a show like zooming with somebody and like. The lady like had his like picture on the wall and everything mm-hmm. like he was like some rock star and shit. 
And I was watching some show and the comedians were like, bro, I'm telling you, Fauci fucks. I think I've seen <laughs> it. Like, I think I've like, seen that. Because, <laughs> I mean, the guy kind of was like a rock star yeah. there for a minute. Like, he was like mm-hmm. the voice of like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, fucking during the pandemic. Yeah. The voice of like viral science, mm-hmm. you know, like. Yeah. So I, when you were talking about men fucking, I just, for whatever reason, yeah. I just kept thinking, Fauci fucks, Men bro. be fucking, you know. It's men be fucking, dude. It's programmed it's in true. us. Um, it's programmed. And uh, monogamy is definitely a very unnatural for us. It is very unnatural. Well, and then if you get really weird and you listen to, like, a lot of the science about, like, you know, there's different types of people where, like, you know, women will be attracted to like that bad boy type, you know, mm-hmm. the, the kind of guy that's not going to stick around after mm-hmm. impregnating him. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. But then they'll look for in a long term mate more of like the. Mm-hmm. So maybe not the behaviors that sexually arouse them the most, but behaviors that are very like he'll stick with me and mm-hmm. take care of the kids yeah. and be a good. And yeah. so there's a thing called like mate switching where like women will go out and they'll, they'll like secretly fuck some other guy but pass off mm-hmm. the, his offspring yeah. as like kids to the yeah. to the serious monogamous mate mm-hmm. and like so you always wonder like there's probably like these couples out there where there's like a you know a, a great dad but like one of the kids it's just like possible. looks a little different very possible and it's like yeah. why does johnny look just you know he looks like the why neighbor. is johnny black <laughs> <laughs> that's an obvious one obviously yeah. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. dude i feel like that's in a movie or some mm-hmm. shit like yeah but that goes back to, if I think of it as, you know, uh, if you're looking for the kind of characteristics of a man that's not going to stick around are generally stereotypical masculine traits like tough, aggressive. Right. And as an animal, that's what you look for because those are the men that are going to protect you. But now we're in societal standards where that stuff doesn't matter anymore. So it starts to get a lot different. I'll tell um, you what's weird about, like, as much as we, you know, in society will kind of be like, you know, toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. like, you know, men are you know, we have this thing like we hate men, men are fucking pigs. And yeah. was the weird thing is like it's real this is really funny, dude, because you know, I'm not saying I'm a hyper masculine dude, but I'm a big guy. So like um there was this thing that happened where in the bar we had these kind of like so these two groups that should have never come together. Mm-hmm. You had LARPers <laughs> So like very Seattle type people, purple, pink hair, live action role play. LARPers, they're dressed familiar. up like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, they're very clearly like those Seattle type of more like hipsters. <laughs> yeah, hipster type of people, and and God, I love them. Uh, and then you had like sixty year old, very white Canadian old men, rugby players. Mm. So two groups that should not, mm-hmm. you know, loud ass fucking super entitled white old, you know how old mm-hmm. guys are kind of like entitled just cause like mm-hmm. their generation was like that, yeah. you know, boomers or whatever you want to say, okay, nothing boomer. against them, but they're very entitled. They think the world kind of revolves around them. And, and then you get the, right. yeah, then you get the like <laughs> Seattle fucking like pink and purple hair LARPers mm-hmm. and they just clashed. God. They did not fucking mix. And like the Damn. LARPers had paid for the room. So like. It was funny because they had some kind of altercation. The girl's birthday balloon got sent to the ceiling by the fucking Canadians. And I don't know what happened, but we talk about toxic masculinity, all this shit. When that girl came in there for somebody to help her, the first person she came up to was me. The biggest guy in the room. I need you. You need to tell these fucking Canadian Uh. fucks. To get out of our fucking space, we paid for the room. Mm. So there is still this thing, like when shit hits the fan, mm. they people really want like the hype, like you know, they want the masculine yeah. big dude. Yeah, they vilified us before. So they vilified us, but when they fucking need us, time comes. you know. And I do think there is a bad toxic masculinity. There 100% don't is, get me wrong. You know, don't they, get this me wrong. war on on masculinity. But I don't like vilifying just 
masculine because there's a difference between being toxic masculine and just being a masculine person there is and masculine doesn't mean just male masculine and feminine are traits that both genders can have have um absolutely and uh, i know guys that are feminine as fuck i know straight guys that are feminine as fuck yeah I know girls that are super masculine. Yeah. You know, like, there's this whole fucking spectrum of shit. I, I think that I have a lot of feminine traits about myself as well. Um, and I, I think, think some feminine traits are extremely good. I actually think the best you could be is kind of a balance. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, the the varying of how much, you know, is what makes you you. Um, right. but I think women in general are more closer to their higher selves than men are because they're less tethered by the ego. Um, and Dude, I will spend response. like a half hour in the bathroom trying to look good. I mean, I fucking like... Well, you look fucking great. You know what I'm saying? I'm very, <laughs> I'm very like, in that sense, very feminine. Like, yeah. trying to get my hair good and uh, my fucking, like, yeah, mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. So I think there's, yeah. uh, there's definitely... A combination of traits yeah, and gotta, everyone's got a little bit of something. Um, yeah, but I think that the the war on masculinity is definitely based on a lot of true things. Um, I think it's just been pushed too far. There is a lot. Well, of there's, it's the bad things. It's there's the shitty men things. that do shitty there's fucking. A lot of shitty things. men, but the problem is, is that we're all lumped into a big group, and then it's also fought with <sighs> yeah. extremism. Where it's not even just like, oh, bad men are bad. It's like fuck men, and that is such a terrible a, thing to that's say. That's a thing now where that it's just terrible. like fuck men. In you general. should never blanket things like that. And I hear it a lot on the internet. A lot of people I follow will be like, oh, fuck, man, I don't like men. And I'm like, well, you're dating a man. You have, yeah. you're like, what are you trying to say? Like, don't lump people in because that's fighting ignorance with ignorance. I think men and women are both, like I said, beautiful divine beings. They <laughs> They're are. supposed to they work are. together and, yeah. like, you know. They're supposed to work together. There should know. be no rules. Like I said, like, it, so if a girl, you know, there's a girl that's not traditionally feminine, she wants to be mm-hmm. tough, she wants to be a fighter, she wants to have mm-hmm. tattoos, she wants. That's beautiful too. Yeah. Be whatever you want. Yeah. If you want to fucking be a kind of girl that stays home and bakes cookies yeah. and fucking yeah. wears pl- like dresses, as long as you are being authentic, as long as yourself. you're being you and nobody's yeah. forcing being you to be authentically that yourself is beautiful. I don't care what form it takes. You know, just be you. Um, and you 100%. are a beautiful person as long as it's not affecting you know other people negatively but I think that anybody who's authentically 100% themselves will not negatively affect other people because no. I think at its core you'll be happy you'll be happy and at our core I think all humans are a soul that is not uh, bound on negative emotions and tendencies you know I think all negative things are manifestations of people that aren't being themselves they're not living well because it's like the cor- it's a corruption in the soul right so when mm-hmm. the soul's like its truest form mm-hmm. when you're like at your truest form you're kind of like you kind of can do good for yourself, but also for others. Yeah, it radiates, you know? It's like the kind of people that, you know, when they walk in the room, everyone just feels better that they're there. Those are people that are closer to their higher selves. And And it's that unspeakable sense because you can't tell what it is, but you just know when they're there. Right, and when you're vibing the best that you are, that's usually what you're, like, you are somebody that walks in a room and you make it better when you enter it. You light it up. I like to think that I am one of those. I've been told that I am one of those people. (laughs) I think you are, too. Especially, like, every time at the body shop, it's Mm -hmm. always, it's you, dude. Mm -hmm. You got the thing. I try to be. Lately, I've been in a negative headspace, admittedly, around but social you, settings. One thing that's cool about you is you will just genuinely be yourself without mm-hmm. fear of like, mm-hmm. you really kind of don't give a fuck if people like it or not. Uh, trust me, I'm scared. I'm fucking terrified. But you're um, scared. But, but I do so, it anyways. But, but I do it anyways. That's the thing. But so you're admitting that like... It is scary to be yourself. It's terrifying. But you put yourself out there anyways. Yeah, you're being vulnerable. It's tough. Um, I genuinely say it as I am scared to go to the gym every day. Yeah. 
I and I don't mean that as in like a funny like it's hard for me. I I wake up regularly in the morning and I cry about how I have to go out of my home. Like it's, it's like am I this? Can me. I be this guy today? Yeah, like can I do this? Like am I up for this? And then like on top of that is like then I have to go into the gym and then train like a professional fucking athlete. It's like then I have to put myself through a very rigorous physical. And you labor. do because I saw you today yeah. squatting, dude. Yeah, it was a tough like... session. I had to do five hundred for like five sets of three, um, yeah. and then I ended up pushing a little bit more weight because it was going well. But it's like it takes a lot of focus, a lot of hard work, and then on top of the fact that like I'm just stressed the fuck out being in this place near other people yeah. and then add to the fact that I'm kind of good at what I do so everybody fucking watches me yeah. it's so hard for me it's so hard well for you're me. kind of known as the squat guy dude I am known for it and I really appreciate that people like it it's just mm-hmm. it's very nerve wracking uh, to be to be spectated well, it's, it's, it's like it. anything it's that ego thing again so it mm-hmm. becomes this like identity mm-hmm. you know but you're more than that yeah, I'm more than that. But, like, it, it is the thing you have to hold on to. Yeah. So, like, it's part of who you are. So, like, I'm the squat guy. So, now I got to put in this work to maintain that. Yeah. That is the ego. Which I'm up for the challenge, you know. But, I see, that's where I feel like yeah. ego can be good. Ambition can be good. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like as long as you – like, in, in pro wrestling, my coach or my, my uh, wrestling promoter, we always talked about it in the sense of, like, you hold on to the idea of, like, so you get into this character mm-hmm. and it can kind of, a lot of people end up kind of living the character mm-hmm. and it overcomes, it becomes who you are in a sense and it becomes your identity and then you have to hold on to that identity. Mm-hmm. So the thing I always tried to do was like, you know, the ego played a big part of it and you want it to be like the best match on the show. Mm-hmm. So like when I had the belt, I had the championship belt for a very long time for like two years straight. And so, like, I put a lot of pressure on myself, mm. even to the point where I put so much pressure, I, like, no-showed a couple shows, which mm. made my uh, fucking yeah. promoter piss. Oh, for sure. And I never should have done that, but it was, like, this pressure where I felt like I couldn't live up to it. Yeah. And those were super bad. Those are some mm. of the things I'm the most unhappy with myself for. Mm. But also, during that time, I had, like, the best matches, and, like, I put a lot of pressure to be the best match on that show because I was the champion. Yeah. So I should be the fucking best because I'm ending the show. I'm the biggest, you know, I should be, I'm putting out there this idea that I am the fucking best thing on this show. That's why I have this fucking belt. Yeah. That's why you're here to watch me. That's why I'm the end match. You know, Mm. so you put all that pressure on yourself. But I do think it's healthy to keep in mind that like, Yes, you're Nikki Free. You're the champion. You're putting all this pressure. You're 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 being this guy. You're living up to this guy. You, you mm-hmm. want to live up to what these people expect of you, mm-hmm. what the fans expect of you, and you're gonna give them every fucking thing that you have. But mm-hmm. I tried to keep in mind that like, also I'm just Nick. Yeah, you know, like that's okay too. Like yeah. I'm just Nick Friedoff. Mm-hmm. I'm this fucking kid from small town Iowa. Mm-hmm. And that's who I really am. This yeah. other stuff, it's all ego. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just something you do. At the end of the day, I'm happy with just being Nick. Yeah. You know, so like if you can kind of like hold on to some sense of like mm-hmm. you're just you, mm-hmm. you can kind of curb that ego. But I feel like you need the ego too. Yeah, ego helps us with a lot yeah. of things. Because yeah. <laughs> without the ego, how would you be like, I got to fucking do these squats today? I never would have started the sport if I didn't have an ego. Yeah. I have an ego. Like, I'm going to say it, you know. I Every every man out there has some form of an ego. Um, it's true. You know, but I definitely I acknowledge true. it, and I'm trying to fight it. And you know, psilocybin helps a lot with that. Um, well, they but, say um, like, it's the ego death, right? I, you, that's 100% how I would describe it. It's if you do a really big ego. trip, it's like an ego It's the death of the ego, um, and it's very tough 
for people to accept that uh, fight, yeah. or to, to, to come with that. And that's why people have bad trips or bad experiences. Dude, so think how scary that word is, the ego death. Because like you think about ego, it's kind of like your entire identity. Yeah. It's like who you think you are. It's who you think you are as an individual, but like... But you don't really... A lot of... We're bigger than that, you know? Like, you aren't just Nick. Like, you are... You're this eternal fucking being. Yes, you're a soul. You are a conscious... You are a... You are a consciousness. You're not even, like, an individual. Like, you are conscious. You are life. Um, Do you ever feel like it's kind of, like, all sort of written? Yeah. Like, I feel like... You ever feel like you're, like, meant to be... Like, when I think Mm -hmm. of, like, my name being Nick... Like I feel like I am a Nick. Your name was Nick. And I've before always you were... been a Nick and I'll always be a, a thousand Nick. years ago you were Nick. Yeah, it's weird. It like, had already happened. Yeah. That's what I believe. You know, people can call that what it because is. Because I always feel like people's names kind of match up with who they are. Yeah. It's so weird, dude. You like, were always destined to be Nick. Like you'll form. see some fucking douchebag named Paul. It's like, oh mm-hmm. Paul. Like, yeah, that would be your name. Unless it's like Paul <laughs> from Fast and the Furious. That dude was the uh, shit. Rip. Yeah, rip in peace. <laughs> What's his name? Paul fucking Paul Walker, Walker, dude. Yeah, uh, peace. R.I.P. Paul Walker. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely mushrooms. I call it the ego killer. Um, and I think that the only true way to like being uh, tap into your true potential is to to fight your ego to some capacity. And I think true enlightenment, true like tapping into the human potential, is destroying the ego as much as you. And can. especially because you do have a big ego. I have a big ego, you 100%. Have I have gotten into so much trouble with my friends and like uh, in the past that I regret because of my ego. Um, oh, I've done some shit that I, think I that will I know not this say on here. That... And like, if anybody out there that's listening to this that I've been bad as a result of my ego, like, I'm very sorry. And like, I truly, I think about it all the time, and I wish that I did not do those things. But they were implemental towards my hero arc development. And yeah, on the way. I'm sorry, Miss um, Jackson. Yeah, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> you know, there's a few people in like high school. I wasn't a bully, but I definitely heckled some people, and I feel so fucking bad about it. Those and, are the ones you'll feel the worst about when you're I mean think about to somebody all the time for and no reason. I'm, I'm gonna hit these people up at some point and say like, hey, you know, I remember this moment. Like, if so you were sorry. mean to somebody because you were in pain yourself, That's those are the ones that you feel the shittiest about. That's what it if was. you make an honest mistake. You know, the worst part is, is I felt like shit at the time doing it too, and I did it anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. It's weird. Sometimes it can be because of peer pressure. Other, you know, like like other people are telling you to do it. You yeah. know, um, it's part of the ego. Is like I was the funny guy. I wanted to be that guy. And like it doesn't funny, matter if it was yeah. at someone else's expense. Dude, you know? it's so weird because humor is one of my favorite things, like comedians. But it's definitely a lot of it can be born out of like this protective thing. Yeah. Like self like you're doing it yeah. because it's like That's what it was for me, I think. It's protection. Like yeah. you know, you're being the funny guy. So yeah. like you you, you didn't take anything serious. And yeah. Because so, I did that for years too, where it was like you know, anything serious, you'd be like, Phew, yeah, whatever, Phew, you know, like, yeah. like just make a joke out of everything, then you never have to take yeah, anything. If you don't take you it never seriously, have to feel the outcome anything. never hurts you, you know, if you're just like, yeah. like with lifting weights, if you're just like, oh, it's just a stupid hobby, I don't care. If you do bad, it doesn't matter anymore, you know? Exactly. Like, oh, it's just a bunch of du- douchebags yeah. on steroids. Like, oh, like, well, you know. know, I've had some people where like their lifting was going really bad and they'll be like, oh, well, it's, I just live for fun anyways. And I'm like, don't say that because it means a lot to you. You're just saying that so that it doesn't hurt as much, you know? Right, because you're hurting. We need to feel the so hurt. So you're trying to like make it seem as more insignificant to you. Um, but like it means a lot to you and things aren't going well and that's okay, you know, but just think of it for what it is. <laughs> so you've been um, super vulnerable on here talking about certain things like that. Yeah. So like how important do you think that is to just be able to, like you said, take things serious and feel pain instead of hiding from it? Or running from it or suppressing it. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. like you said, if you have to cry or if you have to do something like, mm-hmm. dude, I'll fucking cry at like a 
goddamn like Chevrolet commercial. Yeah. You know, like there's that commercial yeah. where it's like the old couple and like yeah. I like, cry almost every day. Yeah, so like, do uh, certain movies like if you watch if you put Land Before Time on right now, oh, bro, that's a tearjerker. I'm fucking done. I'm triggered. I'm fucking don't like, talk about Land. Littlefoot's mom, bro. Yeah, I got some bad memories with Littlefoot. I, I can see it too. Like I can see the the, the scene in my head. I'll and always Bambi be. Dying. I'll always be with you. Oh God. Oh, that like, was tough. Mother mother mom where are you call up your mom oh fuck but i need I think to call my mom now shit feeling like it's answer your question is feeling those things and uh uh it's it, it is very very vital um because like you said about what you're talking about with humans wanting to assess with feeling good all the time is there is no real like in in relative terms there's no good or bad emotions really it's like every negative emotion that you have is integral to who you are too you aren't just all of your good traits. You are the bad traits. And you also can't have good things without bad things because you can't have light without the darkness. There is no right. – uh, to be able to say that something exists means that the – means that something that's not it exists. Yeah, and sometimes – Like for me to like, say that this house exists, that there's a space where the house doesn't exist or else I couldn't even have that conversation. So you – to have good emotions, you have to have bad emotions. And, and then also good – like good and bad isn't even really a thing. But you need to feel these things to be – truly authentic with who you are um, and it's very important to be who you are and so sometimes you got to embrace the bad you have to embrace the bad because you can't you just gotta like the, the bad side of you a little and bit you can't be a better person without knowing yourself and you yeah. need to know your bad emotions too um, you well, need to face them i thought that with like uh so talk about wrestling again but like i always felt that with wrestling it's like you know to play the heel character uh-huh that's where you kind of get to tap into like the shitty parts of yourself. Yeah. You know, like the ego. That's uh, where you get to kind of turn up the ego. Yeah, you get, you get to, to kind of be like the guy, like uh, the, the fucking dickhead, like uh, the guy that's so full of himself that people hate you. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a sick, twisted like joy in that. Yeah, for sure. You know, getting to like tap into those like, you think about the shit that would piss you off, like mm -hmm. somebody getting away with something over and over when you know they didn't deserve it, mm -hmm. but they keep getting away with it. That's what being a heel is in wrestling. That's what being a bad guy is. Mm -hmm. like. And so you, you try to find those kind of things that, that are going to piss people off. Like mm -hmm. you cheat behind the referee's back. <laughs> you, you know, like any kind of little Take thing. Take a low blow kind of thing. Yeah, dude. It's so great. It's a good break. The art of it, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you got to feel all those negative emotions. You can't, you can't like fight an, an adversary or accomplish something if you don't have the information about it. You need to have information about your negative feelings and to why they are that way. Um, you know, right? And sometimes like the the bad things, like uh, you, you can find out like, say you're like, when you do need to turn them on. Mm -hmm. So like you're fighting your ego. You're trying to keep it in check yep. because it's big. But there's certain times when you're going to need the ego. So you got to yeah. turn it on. Yeah. I'm thinking of like, so I said I was watching that show, Ted Lasso, you know, and there's like the one uh, soccer player, Jamie, is kind of like a cocky, arrogant. He's just born fucking great, you know, mm. born great athlete, great looking, best hair, you know, all this shit. Like, mm. and he kind of had a time where he had to realize he needed to tone that down in order to fit in with the team. Yeah. But then in the second season, it's like they need him to turn that back on. Mm -hmm. They need him to be the arrogant, cocky, mm -hmm. fucking soccer player to win these games. Yeah. So they kind of get it to a point where it's like you've grown a lot. You've kept your ego in check. You fit in with the team. Mm -hmm. You've made amends for the shitty things you've done. But right now we need you to fucking find that guy again. Yeah. 
and we need you to put them to use. We definitely need the ego. We're as humans have it for a reason. It just needs to be on your yeah. dime. Right. You yeah. should be in control. You have to be in control of it. But yeah. yes, your ego is a very powerful thing. That's why I think that's why like your soul wants to be like chose to be in this form is because like there is benefits to being human and having these urges and these responses. Um, and I think that like after this life, your soul is going to look back and be like, dude, that human experience is fucking wild, man. I had sex. I ate food. Don't you feel you like know? sometimes like, like that's all that life is, is like it must be just a fun thing for souls to do. Yeah, absolutely. So they just do absolutely. it like that might be what all this is. 100 percent could be. It's a like, wild trip for them. It's just the thing where these like conscious beings are like well, let's go do that thing mm-hmm. they zip in and they're like yeah. cool yeah once you, you die you could open your eyes and you'll yeah. be with your buddies and be like dude that was so dude, cool did you see that life that yeah. one was fun bro and That's like a, it seemed like a life to us but for them it was just a quick just ride a you know flick like, of an instant you know with time not being right e, time is relative or maybe so we like live the same be, one over and over and over again you could be i think you do if you don't learn your life lessons like if you don't become your higher self you're stuck here yeah, um, so that means a and, lot of people and are that's just what, doing that's it what hell over is, is being stuck and over and over um, again. Yep, and that's what I think happens. So it's very important for people to like learn who they are, be authentically them, and learn what you're supposed to learn in this life, so that you can move forward. Right. Um, like I want to like make this life my last one here, where my soul is like, dude, you fucking killed it. Like we learned everything you wanted to learn. Like, and I think a big part of what we're trying to learn is how to kill your ego and how to be like greater than and like mm-hmm. be something different. So. That's what I'm trying to do with all my power um, so that when I go to the next life, my soul says, like, we can figure something. We can do something else. Play the next game, you know? Um, so, dude, you're kind of, like, actually inspiring me for this next eight weeks for my show because mm-hmm. I told you, like, after the last show, you get into this, like, almost hedonistic mm-hmm. state of mind. And, like, that's what I need to do is kill that ego and mm-hmm. put into practice the practical, mm-hmm. disciplined, like, yep. and, I'm, you know, I'm doing it now, but, like, do it better. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you wake up, you do your cardio, mm-hmm. then you go and you do your fucking like stomach holds. You mm-hmm. got to get them abs good at, yep. at fucking contracting. So mm-hmm. you look good at stomach vacuums, like the stretching mm-hmm. abs every morning. Like there's so many things. Mm-hmm. If you just put them into practice and kind of clear out, like you said, clear out the ego, clear out the hedonistic things yeah. that you're eating on a plan you're not watching porn. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about yeah. sex. You're not thinking about this or that. Yep. Just the tasks that you need to fucking do mm-hmm. so that at that next show you're going to be better. Yeah. And it's kind of like I find the most value in things that are long term mm-hmm. versus because like what hedonistic is like doing whatever you want right at the moment. What whatever you feel, you feel like. Feel like. Doing. Feel like doing. So I love things where you put you like you said, you override that response yeah. and, and you are not doing things for the present. You're doing things for the future. So it's like putting into Mm -hmm. action these things. Mm -hmm. And to me, there's like nothing fucking better than There's nothing like it. It sounds to me like you're just, you're describing like that you're tapping into that, you know, you're breaking past the ego. You're doing what your higher power wants you to do. And like, when you do it, dude, it's the best. That's the true way to happiness because you're becoming something greater than an animal. Now it's that big, it's, I call it like a feel versus want kind of scenario where feel is like the ego. That's like your senses. Like this is what you feel like doing, but your soul, your higher being wants to do the things that are great for you. So like for the, going to the gym, for example, the dangerous thing people say is like, oh, I, I don't want to go to the day. You want to. You just don't feel like it. Um, your soul wants to do what's what good for you. What you just said kind of blew my mind. I Thank you. Soul, <laughs> no, you're right because your soul wants that higher self. Your soul wants to do And I feel like that's why yeah. so many people are unhappy because they all want that, but they don't know how to get it. Yeah. And, and they, they don't want to put in the work to get it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the because the ego keeps pulling you back. So the soul's always unhappy and un. That, that's that's what I think is the root of all unhappiness and all mental health. And all this is people not living to what your your your, your higher you're not living into what your higher power your soul wants. You know, yeah. and it's that little voice in the back of your head that's thinking like this isn't the life we're supposed to live. And people don't know what it is, so they <sighs> misdiagnose deep, it and they 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 misdirect their anger. They lash out. You know, but it's um, that feeling of like I know there's something more than this. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I deserve better. Yeah, than you're this. supposed to be doing something different, and I'm some not people, supposed to be here. Yeah, just like people like myself, as I just was more, I like I just noticed it sooner, and that's why I had such a hard time working these jobs because even then I actually didn't know what it was. It's like I knew like something was just wrong. I was just it just unhappy. felt wrong, yeah. and like it's it, people think that. <laughs> Uh, humans are so caught up in thinking that we're supposed to understand why things make us angry, but like there's so many things that are sub- subconscious that you don't understand, and like that was one of them for me, where I just wasn't just happy and I it. didn't know what was wrong. Like I have no clue. So you know, through all this enlightenment stuff, I figured it out. But um, I think all unhappiness, anybody who's unhappy or mean or anything, is just a manifestation of their soul telling them like you're not on the right path, my guy. You know. Yeah. And I think all humans at their core are good. So I think all bad people are just they just kept going down that slope of just ignoring what they're supposed to be doing and ignoring it and then it gets harder and harder and harder to get yourself out of that ditch oh um, the further you, you know, go down dude it's so it's hard, so hard. it's the it's just momentum you know and um, that's like you said we're like you know you're saying like politicians don't go talk to homeless people it's like mm-hmm. we have this weird thing with homeless people but it's like you don't know what that's like and you don't either and we you and i are two steps away from being homeless exactly you are two steps away and it could very well be someone's sister someone's son you know um, the only reason why I'm not homeless is I had a good support network, but like I was drinking hard alcohol. I was stealing from people. I was yeah. doing all kinds of stuff. And the only reason why I didn't is because my parents were just loving enough to always give me a home. But if right. I just had my, like, let's just say my parents weren't together and they didn't have good finances, I would be homeless right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, people think that we're so much better than the homeless, but, you but know, it could be you, it could be you. And like, even if like, let's say it couldn't be you and, and like, people are like, no bro, I'd fucking get a job. I would do yeah, that. Well, you don't know. Yeah, Well, your mom wasn't a, a crack addict, you know, and you weren't born on a basement fucking floor you know like it's easy to say that from where you're born um i I, people a lot of people intolerant of homeless and panhandlers and it makes me angry because they're humans too um and it doesn't matter if they made bad decisions it doesn't matter if it's all their fault if they're lazy that's that's not up to you to decide they are a human like it's they're your teammates they're your teammates (laughs) yeah you got to think of where you came from what advantage like so one of my favorite uh pearl jam songs is this one it's called a uh, white male American, and I'm not trying to like feed in because I hate when people hate on white people the same way. <laughs> like I hate when people hate on men, yeah. just across the board, and I hate when people just hate on white people across mm-hmm. the board. Like it's easy to do though because there's certain yeah. funny things that white people yeah. do that are just hilarious. Yeah. But like, um, but it was like the song. It was like he won the lottery by being born. Mm-hmm. Uh, big hand slapped a white male American. Yeah. You know, do no wrong, so clean mm-hmm. cut, dirty his hands, it comes right off. Mm-hmm. You know, basically just saying like, you know, there was a time where like racism was so bad that mm-hmm. just being born white was like winning the lottery. So yeah. you're coming at you had you already had an advantage. It was very, very powerful. Um, and that could be so many things. Like you said, like your mom wasn't a crack. <laughs> yeah. your mom wasn't, I say it to make a joke. Your yeah, mom but... wasn't a crack addict. Well, yeah. like you're already ahead of the guy whose mom yeah, was a crack addict. You are so far ahead of other people. So acting like you're so like, well, I, I would do that. It's like, well, you had advantages, you know, yeah. like. I was born to very middle class, 
not rich people, but you know what, dude? Like, I always had a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. I had a loving family. My parents were married. They're still married, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, you think about that in general. That's yeah. huge. That's tough. Um, like mo- the lot, not many people have that kind of stability mm-hmm. to look to look up to, and so we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot, but like we mm-hmm. did have a lot. I mean, I had amazing Christmases. I had mm-hmm. gifts, presents. Like, you know, we always had like the Nintendo or whatever. So mm-hmm. like so fucking spoiled and entitled mm-hmm. if you think about it yeah. and i'm not coming from a, a poor guy mm-hmm. like we would have been considered poor you know mm-hmm. but like still that's rich mm-hmm. it's just how yeah. you look so at so many it. people it's just perspective to so many people like that's completely fucking rich yeah. dude and then there's so many more advantages other than just like the surface level of an economy and uh resources kind of thing is if you have, like, say, for example, the, the mom being a crack addict is you, you, you one, you don't have the same resources as in like you don't have access to money and all these things. But you are taught the same mental beliefs and attitudes that your parents have. So that is also a blessing that people have that they don't look at is like if you had a parent with a good perspective or is good with money, like you learn these behaviors, too. So right. it's more than I say that because people say like, oh, I don't care if my mom was a crack addict or I didn't have parents. Like I would have made money. And I'm like, well, no, because you would have been raised you to have a bad attitude with money. how to have you would have had money. bad disciplines because that would have been taught to you and people don't want to look at that they're like oh i'd be like no no you would have been nurtured really a whole different way you would have had traumas you would have been through this and that um right and um you know it's not even eh, it's not even it's not even supposed to be a competition in regards like people look at it and be like oh i would have done differently i would have made these decisions it doesn't matter the person is struggling a homeless person is struggling they need help that's all that matters there's no, there's nothing else to even think about. We got to do um, something about it, yeah. For um, sure. You know, there's definitely something to do. Um, I think like Portland or like Oregon's starting to do things to help with their problem, mm-hmm. like maybe building like giant uh, camps or something. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a place in Everett I think that they did, which is a small like one one little unit unit housing, um, and I think that that's fantastic. Um, you know, we definitely need to do something to help these people out. Um, right. Because we're all humans living the human experience. We're all humans, and they're trying to live their lives, too, and have a good life, too. And just because they might have made some bad decisions doesn't mean that you're... Well, a lot of them probably need help. They all they all need help. Um, like, a lot of them are, you know, probably addicted or, like... They are, or have mental health issues, and, right. you know, that stuff is a lot harder to get out of. Uh, and it's easy to be on the outside and think that it's easy to get through mental health when you don't have it. Dude, problems. it's so easy to look down on people. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to. Like, I'm so cool. And that's all the ego. Look at me. I work so fucking hard. I would never be like these fucking mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Most people do that. Um, and I, like, I do that with all the beer drinkers. I'm like, look at these mm-hmm. fucking dudes sitting yeah. here. It's fucking miserable. Yeah. Fucking sitting Eatism. here every day, just eating, stuffing mm. their faces, mm. just drinking with no regards for anything. Just like stuck in that. Living in this zombified yeah. state of blah. It's just the computer program. Like, that's what they sound like to me. It's just like this drone of like dumbness. Yeah, just nothing. Sorry, I had to get that out. Talking shit. Talking shit. No, but then you meet a lot of really cool people too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, just—I like, was one of those people once. Luckily, I got out of it. Um, well, drinkers can be two different types of people. They're like those people doing it to like, what's the intention? Mm-hmm. There's certain people that go out to drink and they're happy. They have great lives. Mm-hmm. They're just doing this. It's a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Then there's other people that it's like they are using it to yeah. dull and numb Escape their fucking pain and suffering yeah. and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I don't think drinking is innately bad but definitely uh dude a lot of people met the love of their life because they were drunk you think about like mm-hmm. 
you're like super into a girl, but you're too scared to like make a move. You get drunk together, mm. bam, you're sucking face. Yeah. It's like, so there's, you can't say <laughs> drinking's bad, you know? Like, yeah. There's, there's, it's, it's got its applications. It's, it's, an, it's a tool for us to use. Release, yeah, releases. And I mean, obviously, mm. if you have a problem with it, it is bad. <laughs> it's yes. like, Yes. But it's weird. I, I have a hard time saying anything is like 100% bad or good. You can't say anything. It's all relative. Yeah. Or it's all, uh, yeah, it's all relative. Um, you can't say anything because then it's like from what perspective, you know, to a right. human maybe, to this and that, and depending on your needs, your goals, uh, it's all different. So there isn't really a true right or wrong or good and bad with, with anything. Uh, right. In my opinion, at least. Um, but um, I try to stay out of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I try not to uh, get caught in that trap too much mm-hmm. where but yeah. So what's your next plan? You got your meet coming up or your show coming up. What are you doing after that? You know, after that. So what I want to do is have a really good off season and try to put on a lot of muscle, mm-hmm. go on a good bulk. But like, I, I want to, uh, get in the best shape I possibly can in these next eight weeks mm-hmm. and hopefully do better than the last show. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of want to stay relatively lean. That's what they all say. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. <laughs> so my plan is to like, it's so silly because this is all ego. Like my plan is to go home. So the show's at the end of June and then at the end of July, I'm going to go home to visit. And I want to go, when I go home to visit, I want to be fucking ripped, you know, just to like show off to, hey, look at me. I'm fucking cool, you know. Like, and to them, you're going to be a Greek god no matter what. No matter how I show yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Dude, a few percentage of body fat's not going to fucking matter to them. No, I they know. don't know what it, it Isn't that just silly? That's yeah. just like what my brain's saying. So like, yeah. I, but then after that, I kind of want to like. Uh, get back you know there's going to be like the new gym is going to be open the compound very excited um, for that super cool mm-hmm. so i want to like start then i just want to bulk dude i want to mm-hmm. work with my coach put on some size yeah. and then maybe do a couple shows again next year mm-hmm. but simultaneously i want to you know keep working on make, making myself better as a coach and getting more clients mm-hmm. and then also keep this podcast going strong yeah. and i want to really focus on it mm-hmm. Uh, because it was scary for me to, you know, put my focus into, because this podcast has been going like very well, actually. Yeah. You know, it's been on, it's momentum has been in an upward, you know, mm-hmm. growth period. But so then you, you get to this point where like, there is no way I could have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if I was like, I think if I had help or like I had a producer or something that like mm-hmm. ran the show for me and I just showed up and like did mm-hmm. the guest. I could probably still do podcasts while, you know, so that's like someday if I get this thing to a certain level where I like hire a guy. Uh-huh. Um, if I was on a prep, I could probably do episodes starving. Mm-hmm. But like that last one I did with Sam was like, luckily Sam knows exactly how it goes. So uh-huh. like he was able to kind of carry the episode, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, cause like, I just, like yeah, it's a shell. Just talk to me, man. <laughs> yes. But so like trying to do it while in prep, you just really couldn't. So, uh, but it was a little scary because like I put so much pressure to do like two a week for so long. Cause mm-hmm. I wanted to grow this fucking thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, this week there's only one. And then I had to take the week off last week, but it's still, you know, in a forward motion. Yeah. So like. After the next show, I want to keep hitting the podcast hard, mm-hmm. dude. Get some I more cool it's, uh, it's definitely part of your higher powers gift that you need. To it's I, you know why you say you know? like you you felt wrong at certain jobs. Like mm-hmm. when I do this, mm-hmm. I feel like this is yes. me. I feel aligned with the universe yes. when I'm podcasting, dude. Yes, because like, it's so fun. And, and you know, even this one, especially mm-hmm. since we uh, 
had some chocolate bars. Yeah, I think. Uh, I feel like this is. There's a, some things moving around that aren't supposed to be moving. I don't think. Dude, so like, but I think this is like. I love episodes like this. I, I think we should. Like, I think there should be more of these kind of like deep convo episodes where it yeah. gets like crazy and like. It's funny because sometimes you will. Uh, it will surprise you. Mm-hmm. Who. Because we've had some very heavy episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we had my buddy Frankie come on, and he was very open about, like, suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. you know? And the guy is such a fucking winner. He's such a good guy. Mm-hmm. And to hear that somebody that, like, looking at from the outside at him, mm-hmm. you know, looking at him from the outside, you think this guy's, like, killing it. He's mm-hmm. the, no idea that he was going through any yeah, of that. so many struggles, yeah. Struggling. And for him to be vulnerable and share that was very mm-hmm. powerful. You know, so we, we have a lot of episodes like that. But then also it's kind of funny because, like, it will kind of surprise you who – where sometimes a really deep conversation will happen. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, when I had that um, uh, former UFC fighter, Barb Honchek, on here, yeah. who was friends with Sam Deason, mm-hmm. um, she was one of the, you know, my favorite episodes because she was so cool – and, you know, like being a fan of UFC from like that era, like I said, like, the, you know, back when mm-hmm. it was starting up, how I was like such a fan, like yeah. you know, 2010, rocking the Randy Couture shirts and all that. And like, so her episode was just so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. But then towards the end of it, you know, I think me and you had had our episode, mm-hmm. maybe, or we passed around that, that, like you said, that thing about reality isn't real. Yeah. And so I had just watched this YouTube video with this uh, scientist talking about like a case against reality uh-huh. that basically like, you know, in, in a sense, reality is not even real. Yeah. And so like I bring that up to Barb and like she's like so like philosophical and deep. Mm, and you didn't expect that. And we start having this weird conversation about the universe and stuff towards mm-hmm. the end. And I was like, I didn't see that coming from her. Mm-hmm. So if people and, and I think there's a weird perception that athletes are all these fucking big dummies. Yeah. Because you know, she's a super athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you, it surprises you so much at the intellect level mm-hmm. of certain athletes. Yeah. And how p- athletes get such a bad rap for being like just like mm-hmm. big fucking, you know, yeah. dumb me. People expect that. I get it a lot where people ask me about, like, oh, what are you going to school for? Exercise science or this and that? And then I'll tell them that what I'm going for and they won't believe me. Like, they yeah. just expect you to live up to that. Because you lift heavy weights, you're not supposed to be interested in yeah, space. Yeah, I must just be only lifting weights, you know. Physics. Like, that's really it. Um, that's not the case. But, you know. Yeah. There's a weird, uh, you know, as much as we talk about, like, body shaming and stuff, there's, like, kind of a weird, like, fit shaming thing that happens, mm-hmm. too, I've noticed. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not complaining, but, yeah, there's mm-hmm. certain, certain, like, you know, perceptions people have of you, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you got to keep doing the podcast, even, uh, you know, you got to keep it rolling. I think oh, definitely what you do is a very wonderful outlet for, um, it, it's a tool for me and for your viewers to get, like, their thoughts and their messages through where they wouldn't elsewhere. It's but, really cool to be able to, like, platform people that are, yes. you find so interesting. Yes. And that's why, like, I love having, like, you, this is, what, your fifth time? Yeah. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. And the yeah. one time was with. Um, with Ethan. Ethan, but yep. so like you're probably the most episodes. So like, mm-hmm. I've been finding that I really enjoy having repeat. Like I said, I feel like we've created this like podcast family in a Build sense. A rapport. So like people will see like, oh Zach's on again. Mm-hmm. Like that's dope. I, I love when like I it. love when Zach shows up on Nick's pod. So it's like to me, I always like that with like 
and I feel like we've built mm. this kind of cool family with the podcast. So. You did. I think that you're doing a really great yeah. thing, um, and I'm very thankful to have you to like help magnify my message and like my own thoughts. And right, a dude. lot of things that I'm talking about that we talk about, like, are thoughts that surprise me that only came up because we were having a back and forth about it. Where I'm like, damn, like, because we're in this like free environment to just exactly. express ourselves, and that's all because you do what you're doing, which is just fucking fantastic. That's um, what I want most of all is like this like weird place where people can just express themselves mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah because a lot of times people will be like oh you should do this or structure this mm -hmm. or that and i'm like i kind of never want that mm -hmm. i kind of like for me i feel like the beauty is like just in a conversation mm -hmm. where it's just open mm -hmm. and it's just like you're like invited in to listen to these two people just yeah. shoot the shit for like two or three hours yeah it lets it become more free more authentic that's how i feel about it yeah anyway, I, try to just, I don't even think that they're there i'm just having a, a talk with my buddy nikki free now there's certain podcasts that i love that are very structured mm -hmm. like you said kind of some of those like serial killer ones and mm -hmm. stuff where they put they've clearly done their fucking research mm -hmm. or like huberman lab podcast where he is very fucking like you know he's yeah. talking about scientific things so he's very researched and mm -hmm. very structured um and then there's other ones that are just you know comedy podcasts that are like mm -hmm. this where it's just fucking free form yeah. whatever happens happens mm -hmm. and, um but yeah, mm -hmm. or maybe you took a couple chocolates. We definitely did. And you're kind of like, I got to do some math homework after this shit, man. It's gonna be a long night, dude. It's be a long night doing yeah two stuff. I think I'm set to like, yeah. I don't know what I have to do after this. Probably video editing. We'll definitely got to cut clips out of this one. That's gonna be interesting because oh, sure. I don't even know what we just talked about, dude. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm in a different that, planet. Right that was now. like a different. Uh, My higher self came down for a couple moments. Yeah, we were just like free form in there, like. That's what that it, was like our souls just talking. It was. Bro. I noticed uh, when I take uh, microdosing. A lot of times I'll find myself in conversations where I'm not even feel like I'm coming up with those thoughts. It's just flowing out of me. And sometimes I'll surprise myself where I'm like, dude, that was really good. And like, I didn't even have a thought about it. That's that words. flow state. Yeah. I think that's your higher power of like, just living through the, the, you know, like the, this event already happened and we're just kind of living through it now. Um, right. You know, like that stuff was, was already there. It has there. already been written. And then now I'm just watching it happen as it goes by. <laughs> it has already been written. It has been um, written. Weird thought, but what's your thoughts about Harry Potter? I love it. I was going to say, so love like, it. The last few days, I've just been watching Harry Potter movies, bro. Dude, I, I binge watched yeah. the whole series last year over the so summer. So fucking and, uh, good. When I went to Florida, I saw the Space Center, but we also went to the Harry Potter world. Spent yeah. the whole day there. I feel like our generation like has this weird love of Harry Potter. Oh, of course. Because like it's just amazing, dude. It's a great. So story. you have all these grown men now. They're like Harry Potter. Uh, like, yeah, of course, Harry Potter. Yeah, of bro. course, it's sick. It's the shit. It was a good, a good run, and we got to live through it when it was coming out live. That is cool, dude. We were like, we lived through like Lord of the Rings and then Harry Potter. Yeah, Star Wars. No, that was a little bit before us for the most part. The original ones. We yeah. lived through like what the like All the... second round, the prequel, and then mm -hmm. the fucking new ones. Yeah. And people had mixed feelings about those. Mm -hmm. But I love Harry Potter. It's the shit, dude. Mm -hmm. it, it is. It really is. It's so well done. It's one of those weird ones, too, where like, you know, I think I only read up to like the fourth book and then I kind of like, I don't know, I was yeah. at the age where say, like... I was like 10. Yeah, because I got to the age where it was like, I'm not going to fucking read, bro. Let's go drink. Yeah, you know, like sucks. Yeah, reading's <laughs> for fags, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I'd rather go throw rocks at so, cars. But it's sad because, like, really, I probably still, like you said, the soul probably still wanted to finish soul the books. But, like, I'm trying to look cool. Yeah, your ego overrid. Um, overrode that. Well, you know, you just you get into that adult age of, like, where, like, other things mm-hmm. take over. But yeah. uh, then eventually, like, you go back to it. Like, yeah, I could probably finish reading. But my point was, like, it's one of them weird ones where the books and the movie series live mm-hmm. up. You know, like, it's not where you, like, mm-hmm. I don't think the movie's made anybody sad like they did such a good job on the series right yeah. i'm sure there's probably some book die i'm sure there's diehard like, book fans who are like it's not as good as the book bro it's not i hate when people say that it's like it's not supposed to be it's not it's not even supposed to be a comparison it's a different interpretation it's a different yeah. media right you know it's not supposed to be the same thing otherwise just read the fucking book again right like <laughs> my favorite fucking author was michael Crichton growing up mm-hmm. so like science fiction mm-hmm. fucking loved it obsessed like to me he's the goat the mm-hmm. fucking goat. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, like, six foot nine. Mm-hmm. He actually was a, a fucking... He M- was a sci-fi. He was an MD, like a doctor, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and Jurassic Park lives up to the book. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those movies where it's like... But, yeah, it's totally different in certain areas. But yeah. it's like, who gives a fuck? It's a different artistic impression. You know, it's supposed to be different. But still so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just fucking coming back. You're coming back to Earth? Yeah, coming back to Earth a little bit. <laughs> I am with you. Uh, so one. my legs are fucking cramping up, too, because like I said, first, like, fucking actual lift. Mm-hmm. Like I said, after that show, your body's so depleted. Yeah. It's, like, hard. So today was, like, oh, I feel like I can lift again, mm-hmm. you know? And tomorrow I can already tell I'm going to have a fucking great lift. Oh, like, yeah. my body's it's coming my back. Body. Body's coming back online, baby. Mm-hmm. What are you yeah. lifting tomorrow? Because I'll be in at the shop in the morning. Actually, tomorrow I'm doing back, mm-hmm. which is weird because, like, I just didn't have a good Monday. So Monday would have been my back day. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, I'm still kind of, like, out of it from the show. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, like, coming back. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do Monday's lift on Thursday because yeah. Thursday would have been an off day, but I have plenty of energy. Mm-hmm. And I'll take my off day on Sunday. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's my plan anyway. I will be in. I got to do, I think I'll do upper body as well tomorrow. Hell yeah. And client at 12. Uh, one of my star clients, Tracy, she's uh, just turned 53. Um, really? She's powerlifting. She, you know, and I had her a year and a half ago. She couldn't even body weight squat. It is amazing what your clients, what they don't realize what they're capable of. Yeah, they have no. Yeah. And when you you can kind of bring them, like, even like the two people I'm training, it's a mother-daughter mm-hmm. t- combo. And they're, it's funny because they're one right after the other. Like mm-hmm. the daughter comes in, then the mom comes in after. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also she's my coworker, the one. I've known her for years. We're really good friends. But mm-hmm. it's funny because like they don't realize they're already both getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's so crazy watching how fast like they just don't realize their potential. Yeah. You know, and then you help them. You give them that little push. Mm-hmm. And they start being like, wow, I just did that. It's like, yeah, you just did yeah, that. It's like, so amazing. empowering for them. Yeah. And, like, you know, you get the, like you said, the older clients, mm-hmm. and you can kind of help them, like, oh, my knee's been bothering me, mm-hmm. and you get their knees stronger. Yeah, it's such a big quality of life improvement. <sighs> so huge. Yeah, she was telling me that now she can, at the grocery store, she came in excited one day. She's like, I was at the grocery store at the bottom shelf. I squatted down, and I picked something up without, you No know, pain. And not and having to, like, lean against things. Like, I can, she's like, I can get up out of, off the sofa now. Yeah. Um, and when I first, she's told me in hindsight, she said, well, when I first 
started working when she said she when she first started working with me that she didn't believe me when I said that she could squat. She thought I was bullshit, but she wanted to try anyways. But you're like, no, um, I know that I could. I, could I, I admit that I was nervous too, um, but yeah. um, I just thought that I was the best guy for the job. So if anyone's gonna do it, like it might as well you're be like, me. It's me um, and then uh, yeah, she squatted at full depth in a powerlifting meet, squatted 100 pounds, and then will probably squat closer to 150 now. Um, Dude, that's crazy. And, uh, this was she could not get down to the ground beforehand. Not even yeah. close. She couldn't even perform a bodyweight squat, let alone put a barbell on your back and to go to powerlifting depth. Um, so, you know, she's uh, definitely a testament that anybody can do it. Um, you just have to just put in a work for it. Um, right, because w when we, like, squat, we've been, you know, whether you're doing it right or wrong, like, we've been lifting for how many years? It's a natural thing for us to put a bar on our back and squat. Mm -hmm. It's it is weird when you get certain clients and like the idea of trying to do those two simultaneous things mm. is so yeah out of their you know yeah. body's capability at the time like we we take it for granted how like natural that is because we've been doing it yeah. so long most people don't go anywhere but most those. people it's like they're trying to do this and keep out and it's like this awkward like mm -hmm. it's like oh shit I have to really teach them this uh, yeah. This is not something that just comes yeah, natural. Yeah, you're just not yeah. natural at this? You're yeah, not good yeah. at this already? <laughs> and we're, we're around so many lifters that it's like we kind of forget that that's a very unnatural yeah, movement. For to certain. most people outside of this little bubble. Right. It can be a super unnatural thing. Mm -hmm. dude. Like, yeah. Absolutely. That's a, So how long have you been coaching, Zach? Uh, I've been coaching since 2017, I would say. Um, okay. I took a break when I moved here for about two years um, and then – I had a bunch of people at the gym kind of just say that I should be doing it. Uh, so I started coaching again. Shortly after that, I left my job at Boeing last year to coach full-time. Um, so I've been a full-time coach for a year, just about on the dot now. Um, but um, Is that why your year's been so challenging, you think? or was it just... uh, I'd say part of it. Um, I think the most of it is that I'm just attacking the fucking ego, man. Like, I am not letting that... I got that. I got that motherfucker against the ropes. Like I got him in the corner. Yeah. He's like trying to. Yeah, this year he got up and he slipped me an uppercut, and I'm just like, whoo. So but now I'm getting up. I'm not letting this dude get in the ground. So I've been going through a painful uh, self-transportation. Because <laughs> I've been trying to, to discipline myself, um, and uh, it, it's tough. Um, to keep it in line. And uh, when you start to discipline yourself on bad habits, then you have a lot of free time because you're not engaging in these bad habits. And it's it's tough to face yourself like that. Um, so a lot of that. Um, and then I have a tendency to want to retreat back into my shell when I get overwhelmed. And then it just that momentum digs you down further and further and further. So uh, it's about how many times you can get hit. It's not about it. Keep guy. getting up. Yep. Exactly. I used to hold you right here in my hand. In my hand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You're not a quitter. You're not a quitter. That's what quitters do. <laughs> so, I am coaching full time now and uh, taking on more personal training clients. So, if anybody needs, dude, fuck yeah, stuff, then I got I love you. Because I need to Killing make more it. money. <laughs> more well, money yeah, for dude, more freedom. We, we to... always need more money. Yeah. But it's not because we want money. It's because we want freedom. No. Yeah, it's the freedom to, that is true, to live though. the life I want to live. Um, yeah. well, that's why I wanted to leave my job so I could be free to train um, myself um, and do the things that I want to do. So I just need more resources so I can have freedom to get my message across and to, you know. It's true, though. Money is freedom. Money definitely is freedom. And, uh, and that's the goal is freedom. Freedom of, like, you know, like you said, having that boss telling you what to do. Freedom mm -hmm. to, like, be able to express yourself as mm -hmm. the truest form of yourself. That's and a good way to put it, yeah. 
it takes money to do that. Yeah, I want you the know. freedom to fully authentically express myself. Right. Um, and that person is rich. If you got if, <laughs> like yeah, if you got money, dude, like you can be whoever the fuck you My want. My higher self is rich. <laughs> if you're rich, you can be fucking Caitlyn Jenner. Express yeah. yourself however the fuck you want. Yeah. If you try to do that when you're not rich, you're going to have a rough life. You get some more backlash. You get more back and that's you know, that's what's tough for people out there like. Uh-huh. So you gotta stand up to it. Be yourself. That's like the bravest people are people that are trying to be themselves when they're poor. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to be yourself yeah, when you're rich. Harder. It's like, bitch, what? What are you gonna say? I'm rich. Yeah, right. I don't like that you're being yourself. It's like, bitch, what are you gonna fucking do about it? I'm rich. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I don't care it's what like, you think. <laughs> that's like the beauty of being rich. But you do that when you're poor, dude. That's mm-hmm. some brave motherfuckers. Yeah, that means something. You know? Yeah, that means something. Yeah, so I get shout out to those people being themselves when shout they're fucking poor, and there's mm. people fighting against them. Mm. You know, well, how long are we talking about? Are we about to land this plane here, dude. I think it's time to wrap this yeah, thing up. I got some homework. Zach, Zach's got to do some mm. fucking math work. I'm behind from yesterday's homework. Fueled so by chocolate bars. So, well, Zach, um, I really appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, thank you. Always one of my favorite guests. Very authentic, fucking human being. I love you. He's a great compliment. Um, thank you. So anything that you want to get a shout out to or mm. say before we go off, I'll let you have the floor here. Um, I think that we covered it all. I think we covered it all too, dude. Yeah. I always like try to like beforehand, I think about some cool stuff to say, but when the time comes, you're just like, um, well have a good day guys. You know, what's a really, <laughs> you know, what's a great way to end a podcast. Like, Oh shit, we've been talking for almost three hours. Let's fucking wrap this up. Yeah. Right. Just like, see you later. Yep. See you later. All right, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening. <laughs> And we will see you next.